But as we were talking about in Cupertino, a hero to fall is like a mullet. Welcome to another episode of the Geek Mosh Pit Podcast. I am your host, Anthony. And I'm your other host, Jason. What's going on, guys? And we have a special couple guests here today. <laughs> I was going to say special <laughs> guests, but we, there's two of them. Um, we, uh, I'm in a band called A Hero to Fall. We play the medals, we do the chorus, we stomp, we sing, we grind. And uh, a couple of the other members from the band are here today. We have our drummer, John Benitez. Howdy. And our fearless leader, our front man, our violent vocalist, Dustin Moore. Now, I don't know about leader, but uh, definitely violent. I'm not smiling whatsoever the entire time I'm on stage. No Everyone, this is a serial killer, so you, you hide your daughters. And that tongue sticks out quite a bit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, there it is. There's a tongue. So, yeah, we figured we'd uh, bring the guys on and, and kind of talk about uh, the band and, you know, what we do, any upcoming shows. And more importantly, I just like having my friends on. So, welcome, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy yeah, yeah. to be here. And I do like some of the geek stuff as well. We can talk about that if we want. Oh, of course, to. We'll, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the we'll geek, geek stuff. Out. That's part of the that's yes. part of the mosh pit. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. See, si, see, si, senor. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll start with you, John. You've been in the band the longest. Let's. Uh... Yeah, I'm the fucking old man in the band. Yeah. So, so tell me, like, how did it start when you first joined up? Like, when did it start? When did they call you? You know, honestly, it was like 2010, and I was like just going to fucking college and just wanted to be in a band. And back then, Craigslist was kind of the thing. Still kind of is nowadays. You know, only you're not going to find anybody our age on there. Most of them are going to be like 40-year-olds. But anyways, um, I just posted on there that I was just trying to find a band to play with, like some, some guys my age. Like I wanted to do something like Rise Against kind of stuff, like more on the punk scene it's than great anything. band. Yeah, good band indeed. Um, I was going to say that was like kind of our thing when we were – in uh, high school me and yeah. john for you folks who don't know we were both uh, that's how we met we were in a pop punk band together in high school called three-step drop if you we would, this is new to it. me i didn't even know that you were in a punk band i thought you hated punk rock uh a pop punk oh pop punk. yeah yeah okay. no I'm, I'm not a huge fan of punk itself but um it just depends on the subgenre of it but uh, we were the, in a pop punk what band. did you guys kind of sound similar to like blink 182 or green oh, day God. or something oh, or? Not, none of that we didn't sound <laughs> we were closer to like yellow that. card we were like more yeah. like yellow card yeah 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 so. Uh, granted, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing either. Do you guys have a violin player? No. Uh, oh, well, that's <laughs> not true. We we did actually. We did uh, for like a minute. She okay. came in for a minute and then she left. <laughs> um, but honestly, it it didn't work. It wasn't okay. the violin wasn't working. But we were we were going for a lot of that sound. We were just um, trying to be whatever. Yeah, our, it was our lead singer at the time was kind of the one who wrote everything, and and I just played guitar and did backing vocals. Oh, but, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's how I met. But anyways, so so anyways, that that, I mean, that was the band that I had. Like, kind of in high school, coming out of high school, and then, like, you know, life is life, and members move on. And then, eventually, I really just wanted to start another band and play with other people. And what ended up happening is I post on Craigslist, and then I got a message maybe, like, a day or two later from this kid named Michael. And he was like, oh, yeah, my buddy Andrew and I were in a band. Like, we're not in a band, but we're looking to form a band. And they reached back out to me, and then we set something up, and... The first practice we had was literally at my house in the Grove. Anthony's familiar with the Grove and where it is, and it's basically this gigantic fucking outdoor space where we just set up my drums and just Oh, played. you guys did it outside? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then everything kind of just clicked into place from there. Um, we just started kind of writing stuff as we went along, and 
within that day, they already were like, you're in. Like, it was that simple. We all meshed well together. Like, I'd never played in another band before, so it was just, it was just cool doing it. And then from there, we just kind of started writing shit. And, you know, eventually what we ended up doing is just playing just kind of like some some high school shows at either... Aren't those the best, right? They... I mean, in a way, it's like all your, you know, your classmates and everybody. It's and, true. and But at that point, you know, I was fresh out of high school and Michael and Andrew were both still in high school. So I was still like, I'm like, okay, we're going to go to this school, whatever. I'm, I'm like in my 20s at this point. Like, I'm like not ready to be back in high school again. But anyways, we I remember we played... We played some summer show for their, for, over at Annalee, and we played for like a bunch of people, and they just instantly loved us. It was, it was pretty rad. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was also like I was like, okay, this is real. I've never actually like played like a legitimate show before because the last band that we had, Three Step Drop, was just like kind of something we did like on our own, like behind closed doors, more than anything. Like Anthony, you know that. I was I was telling uh, I think I was telling you this, Jason, off off mic that um, we. Uh, so I had two, you know, I was in two bands at the time. I was in Three Step Drop, and I was in my old band, Nuclear Tempest. And Nuclear Tempest took itself a lot more serious. I was constantly fighting with my good friend Nick LaSalle. Constantly, we were always fighting. Our drummer, you know, same with our drummer at the time. We like, you know, this, we were all in high school. We were all angry, and we all fought with each other on random bullshit. And so uh, it was like practices were very stressful. But it came out in our music, and in my opinion, the music at the time, you know, ended up sounding good because of that. But um, whereas going to a three-step drop practice was just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, like, hang out and, like, you know, just play some pop punk. And then after, you know, we're all in high school, so afterwards we're going to have, like, snacks and, and, like, eat Oreos. And, like, and we would we would have band oh, practice in the fuck. fucking, in his sister, in little sister's room. So, like, we're, just, we're in this really bright room. It's all pink. And it's got so you guys, stuff you, everywhere. So that's where you guys practice. That's, that's literally where, where we practice at. Yeah. Wow. It, like, Great at the, acoustics. At, at the time, like I was living like my my parents' house like was being renovated, and I didn't have I didn't actually have a room, so I was living in like my parents' trailer, and mm-hmm. so all my shit was in there except for my drums. My drums were in like my sister's room upstairs in the master bedroom, and that's where we just like there's it's like Anthony said there's this little corner that has my drum set with a bunch of fucking band posters near it, and then everything else is just like fucking eight-year-old nine-year-old shit <laughs> it was it was fucking awesome you got my little pony next to my exactly. drum set it was literally you know, that got... i'm sure that really helped with writing very happy pop punk music i mean it, it kind of did i'm not gonna you lie. know i'm just speaking of that like when i first started playing music me and my friends in high school we had to find a place to practice so what we did was we practiced in my friend's living room but it was so small in there so i was in front of the television with my drums and every time my drums, like, sticks would go behind my head or something, it would almost crack the fucking TV Yeah, screen. yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> they were so close, they were so tight-knit. But, yeah, I totally get that feeling of, like, just being, like, where, wherever your first place is that you're going to practice is always going to be, like, a funny story, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And, like, it, it, it was what it was. And, like, honestly, like, I still remember it to this day. Like, the exact location of the room, where the drums were, everything. Wow. Like, Those are good times. <laughs> it was good times yeah. for sure. Um, But, yeah, like, it's crazy, like nowadays it's just so much has changed since then yeah but like you know so so, so i cut you off really so yeah, we, were, we were in we were in hero together or, or i wasn't in hero yet but you were in so three you step guys, drop yeah you, play, you were playing the high school shows playing, playing at, like, the high school shows and then what's funny is you know i remember this you know super clearly i was thinking about this earlier today like just you know for the show but i remember do you remember florian 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Florian was basically putting on like some Shout out to our German buddy. Miss you. <laughs> he was putting on just like, you know, a random show at the Phoenix just with like a random assortment of bands. And I remember like it was like he put a message out on Facebook like, "Hey, I'm putting on a, you know, local show at the Phoenix and, you know, if anybody has a band and like to come play, like hit me up." And like I'm I'm literally at the JC in like one of the computer lab rooms like just finishing up like some class that I some classwork that I was just attending to and I remember seeing it and I was like oh I gotta I gotta I gotta jump on this because like I really wanted to play the Phoenix like that was like a huge huge goal of mine like obviously Anthony you played there but well, like, no, that was the same same with me in high school though it's just like like the Phoenix it's like it, it was like playing like you know like the Carnegie Hall of Sonoma County it's like if you made seriously if you, you, you at the time you would think if I'm playing the Phoenix I made it that was the thought process, even though, you know. Well, because a lot of bands that you like listening to or in general, like a lot of big bands have played there over the years, so it has a lot of history. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The history behind it is huge. And like knowing that and just knowing that that was the venue, you know, in the area at the time, like that was a big fucking deal. Really? Metallica <clears throat> played there? Yeah. Yeah. A long right. time ago. Fucking yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. Not recently, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the history. They're never coming back to that venue anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I hit him up. I was like, Hey, I've got like, I've got a band and you've got some material like to play. And he was like, all right, you're in. And basically like that was the first like actual, like legitimate show we played like at an actual venue. And I remember it was like his band, which was all, you know how he was classical rock the entire time. (laughs) And then there was like some reggae band and like some like rap rock infused stuff and then there was a hero to fall and a hero to fall at this point is still like still discovering our sound and like our sound back then was definitely like alternative like punk like with a little heavy influence but definitely nowhere near close to what it is today yeah and that show like would set kind of the precedence on like a lot of things on what we would you know try to strive for down the road between andrew michael and i and you know, since then, after that point, we're like, we kind of just really hit a high on it and really just wanted to continue with it. And then what we would just do is just meet either at my house, mainly at my house, honestly, and just like record or not even record, just write. And most of it was just like stuff that they had already previously written that they just needed drums put behind. And I remember like, this is like, this is like 2010, 2011 ish at this point. Like we're still trying to figure out what we're doing and i think michael at the time had the idea of wanting to record an ep and it was just a three song ep and ironic thing is like that it never went anywhere it's funny i still have the actual like blank cd i gotta hear this yeah i'll have to to find it i think lizzie lizzie my wife actually has it somewhere somewhere in her possession because i gave it to her um but anyways uh, so we recorded that and it had three songs on it. One of which was picture like a rough version of picture perfect. And for those who, for those listeners who may have listened to hero to fall and maybe know like some of our older work that we've done picture perfect is like the song that really got us going towards like the metalcore kind of route, because it was definitely some of the heavier stuff that we had written. And from there, like everything kind of changed like style wise like andrew and i really vibed off of it because we were kind of really digging heavy music at the time um still to this day like 
I remember him writing it and showing it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I really want to fucking write something to that. Michael was like, meh, all about it. Like, wasn't wasn't so much about it, but, you know, um, he kind of just went with it because he just really wanted to be in the band and really wanted to create music with us. But he wasn't necessarily the guy who was into the heavier stuff. That was always Andrew and I. So this is 2010-ish. We end up deciding, we also play like a few other shows at this point. Um, we end up playing like a couple of like those San Francisco Battle of the Band shows, if you know what those are. Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Want to explain them? I mean, it's, it's it, I mean. <laughs> Other than the obvious, like, well, they're Battle of the Band shows. It's, it's, it's literally, it's literally Battle of the Band show. I mean, like, it was one of those things, like, I don't know how we got in contact with these people. And like, at the time, like, Michael was like the guy doing all this stuff. So I was just like, okay, somebody's handling it. It's not me. It's cool with me. Like, I just wanted to play music. I don't have to deal with any of that. So he would set all this stuff up. And I remember we were supposed to play a show in San Francisco that was about all of the bands type thing at the DNA Lounge. The Okay, the venue up above the DNA Lounge, not the actual DNA Lounge. Let's be, let's be honest here. I didn't know they had a venue above it. Yeah, there, there's an upper floor. There's an upper uh, floor. It's a nightmare. It's for the losers there. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it, it's literally for like the local shows only. Like, unless you happen to have a big enough following, you can actually play the DNA Lounge. Like, the top floor is like literally reserved for those. Oh, that's such a cock shows. tease too. It's like you guys want to play down below. It's, yeah, well, you got to get bigger. It's literally that. You it's like come oh, down fuck, below. Well, you got to get bigger it's, first. It's, it's <laughs> like we're literally like, oh fuck, we're playing the DNA Lounge. Like I've seen a, I've seen a ton of ton of shows there. And like you get to this venue, like oh fuck, we're here, and then like all right, well the venue's upstairs. I was like, what? I have to lug up all my shit up like thirty two flights of stairs. Like what? They the didn't f- have an elevator. No, they did. Oh my god, and that's gotta be tough being a drummer too. Yeah, but oh, just imagine lifting yeah. cabs and shit up. There. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. And what's what's ironic about that is like this wouldn't be the first time we would play the DNA Lounge upstairs. Like this would be like the first, but it would be like. Two it wouldn't be the, the last time. It wouldn't be the last. Yeah. So we kind of got accustomed to it. We're like, whatever. But, you know, we were hyped on it. And then, you know, there was a bunch of other bands there, like, you know, mixed genre shows, like punk and then some alternative stuff. And then, like, we're, like, the group from out of town. Everybody else is, like, kind of a local. And that was, like, our first, like, out-of-town show in a sense. And I remember it went, meh. It was, it was okay. I remember it was like we were still kind of like fighting off the nerves of actually like playing some of the stuff that we had written to like actual like people. And I remember like for me, my nerves hadn't fully settled in yet at that point. Like as a drummer, like I deal with nerves so much better nowadays just because I'm used to it. For back then, like I would be like so fucking nervous. And I remember there, there was be occasions of like, oh, fuck, there goes a the drumstick. I'm like, well. Hopefully nobody noticed it, but I'm gonna grab another one and keep going. And and you know those those are the shows back in the days that we did as a group. And I mean, you gotta learn somewhere. You gotta have those shows true. where you're like, you look back on it, and you're like, damn, that show sucked. Like I, I made so many mistakes, yeah. but it was fun, and I learned some lessons. And now the next show is not gonna be worse, so I'm just gonna keep going. It was literally that. And it, like at the time, like I was like, well, okay, well, whatever. Like I'll just shrug it off and move on to the next one. Now looking back, and I'm like. I needed that. I needed those yeah. shows to be a kind of a thing in order for me to get to where I'm at now. Um, but so at this point, like we've just played kind of a string of shows and then finally like 
Michael, Andrew, and I kind of decide that, okay, well, let's actually get serious about, like, writing, like, an actual, like, EP. So this is, like, 2013-ish. We start coming up with, like, the material for what would eventually become, like, our uh, What Doesn't Kill You EP. Yeah. And that was the first five-song EP that we put out that actually, like, kind of had a lot of our sounds that solidified us as kind of like a metalcore group. Like, Picture Perfect was on that album just because of the fact that it was heavy enough and we really wanted it to be. So we transferred it over from the old demo that we released and just kind of mixed and mastered it at that point. And I remember doing all this stuff and recording it with Nick Batello. And yeah, I heard a lot of things about him too. He's one of the guys, the local. He was he was the local he was the local dude to record with. Like, if you were a metalcore actor, like anything that was not like not being recorded anywhere else, he was the guy to go to. And Michael was the one who discovered him. And I don't know how, but he found him. And then, like, I just remember going into the studio to record all this stuff, like, at Zone in Sebastopol. And there was a Zone there in Sebastopol? Well, it was Zone recording, technically. Oh, okay. But I'm, I don't remember when fucking Zone stopped existing before it became loud and clear. So it may have still been Zone music at this point. Oh, okay. But I don't remember. Do you mean Sebastopol or Katati? Katati. Oh, that's okay. what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is Katati. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not crazy. Then, yeah, yeah, I fucked up on that one. Yeah, it's definitely Katati. Um, so anyways, we record drums there because the room's big enough and it's got an actual like room to record drums in. And I remember at this point, this was the first time I'd ever recorded to a click, to a click track. And I fucking sucked at it because I'd never fucking played to one before. So it was like, it was a learning curve, but you know, that was a fun experience. Uh, doing that and recording that with Nick at that point. And from there it was five songs. It was what doesn't kill you. These promises. Uh, let's see what else, uh, picture perfect. And then there is breathe again. Fuck. It's funny. I've been in the bunk. The, the band uh, the I actually am looking at the list right here. So you have, hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, perfect. Uh, Refresh so my what memory. Doesn't kill you. Yeah. Um, these promises yeah. picture perfect. Disappear and breathe disappear. Again. Yes. Yeah. So disappear was another oldie that was actually off that we recorded before, like right around the same time as Picture Perfect. Those two songs are like by far the oldest ones that we had come up with that ended up being on that EP. And then What Doesn't Kill You, These Promises, and Breathe Again were the three that we basically wrote to kind of fill the rest of it. And they end up becoming like fucking great songs. Like the sounds and the tones that are in that, like it was something for me to hear when we were finally done recording it. It was like, it's like, Whoa, this sounds really fucking good. And like, that was a Nick Patella recording, like the first time hearing it. And like, yeah, he, that guy was legendary, man. I, I remember when I was in high school, he was producing bands and he's only a couple years older than me. So he might've been in high school or fresh out. And it's like, it sounds like something you'd, you know, you'd buy in a store here on the radio. It's like, this is, yeah. this sounds amazing. That was the thing that drew versus recording in your fucking garage or your yeah. buddy using a, a, a laptop. And well, like so a it's funny. You, it's funny you bring that up because the rough stuff that we recorded just to kind of save on like a laptop, I did it with a fucking rock band microphone. Oh my I re- God. I, know, I remember this. We, yeah, we did. We, we, we actually did this. By, are those USB? Times. It is. It is a USB, right? It's a USB. But it's basically so. What I would do is I would take this. It rock didn't mem- sound too bad. It wasn't either. too bad. It actually sounded pretty good. It sounded like we were all mic'd up, just like with shitty mics. It sounded good. <laughs> yeah. And then we had to do vocals over it. We yeah. had to like we go. We did this for a three step drop. We have one three step drop song yeah. in the ether somewhere. 
that uh yeah i cannot believe that that's cool that you actually used a it was just something that came, i was like i wonder if i could fucking use this shit. and like i just put it on my fucking laptop and opened up garage band and plugged it in i'm like and oh, it, this and thing I, actually works I, I, literally shit. i was just like oh it fucking us. works i'm like all right cool time to record some demos i suppose what was your di- digital audio workstation like fucking uh garage band garage just, band. Garage oh, cool, band. Cool. just okay. your basic old garage band and that was just like i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i was like i can put sound on this cool the game on and then literally <laughs> anytime we'd have a practice literally all i would do is i would plug it in i'd hit play and i'd put the mic underneath like a pillow that my sister had in her room yeah. and then we'd just play and then that's how we kind of got some of the rough recordings like from three step drop and a hero to fall when we were trying to write stuff and it, it worked out. It worked out well. It, it kind of, we used it as a placeholder for sure. I mean, you got demos out of it. There wasn't any of that. Hey, let's record the same guitar riff 400 times right. to get it once perfectly. It was, nope, let's just play the songs. It literally was. Uh, simpler times. It, it literally <laughs> was like, there was, there was no click. No, like, we're like, oh, well, if somebody fucks up, they fuck up or we just fucking do it again. It's literally that. Um, but anyways, flash forward, you know, to uh, recording with Nick is like, everything got individually tracked, which is something we weren't used to as a group. Like drums got individually retracted or tracked and then guitars, vocals. And then at this point, like still didn't have a bass player. Like Andrew recorded bass on his end and that's how we kind of got bass in the album specifically. Um, and then it wasn't until after we had finally put out the EP where things kind of started like actually like gaining traction. Like we started getting a little bit more notice and, the local scene like because everything was like there wasn't a band that sounded like us in the area everything was like either fucking i remember when i first heard you guys i was pretty like i was like whoa this is this is john's band i'm like lucky son of a bitch (laughs) this sounds great this sounds really good and looking back on it i didn't even fucking know what i had like i was like oh cool i'm just like playing music and enjoying it and like we're making something out of it like i didn't even fucking know that like it was something rather unique because everything in the area at this point in time was like fucking heavy really fucking heavy shit and like then there's then yeah, there's for those out of towners um we live in a mostly hardcore scene and like death metal and thrash and, and thrash and punk used to be huge here when i was a kid it did it used to be really yeah big. but not really a metalcore place or a gent place or no. anything like that none of that so like you know looking back on it it was it was great that it sounded like that because it made us stand out but being, you know, the naive, naive 21-year-old that I was, like, didn't fucking pay attention to it. I was like, all right, cool. So anyways, we put out the EP, and, you know, what ended up happening is, like, okay, well, we're going to go try to play more shows, but we really fucking want a bass player. That was, like, the Achilles heel for A Hero to Fall for fucking ever. Uh, was, until this day. Yes. Until, and, until, until, until like, Anthony joined the yes, band. Literally until Anthony came <laughs> in. Just at the time in. I was in the band, we went through like four bass players, okay? Like wow. it was fill in here, fill in there, like get a friend, play this, That's, play that. Yeah, you know, funny story is is that because I was so used to Anthony playing guitar and seeing his band uh, Nuclear Tempest that when he was playing bass with uh, you guys, it was so weird. It was like he's got a bass, but it doesn't, it didn't fit. Right, It's like right. if he was playing drums in the band, it wouldn't look like normal you'd be like what the fuck is going on over there what's he yeah. doing get, get back on the guitar you weirdo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean the achilles heel of a hero to fall for the past like 
three years was bass players. Like they're basically fucking dinosaurs and practically extinct. They are incredibly hard to find, and only and most of the, and most of the time when you do find them, they do them, move in herds. When, yeah, exactly. And when you do find them, they're fucking fossilized. Oh my so god! So it was so fucking hard. I man, I think we went through maybe like we've been through like ten bass players. Any over the any girls? Of yes, really. We did okay. have one one girl bass player at the point this Dustin actually Jason, was Jason, part of the group Jason will go yeah, to that show if we, have a, oh, if we get another girl in the band oh, God, Jason yeah. will be there it okay. was so at this point like Dustin and Matt had had basically joined the group well you guys skipped the second EP I'm, you put out I'm a not, second I'm not EP skipping it I'm just telling, I I'm telling the, the story about how this happened well, I mean but daddy is fighting again <laughs> Andrew it was Andrew's buddy who came and joined the group and she was like just a drummer that happened to know how to play bass at this point and she filled in for one show it was I, I feel like it was two or three she played at the phoenix once she played at arlene at least once i think it was just arlene i don't think it was a phoenix show i remember the arlene show specifically and i remember that was it i'll find you a photo later well you do it you do that and prove me wrong <laughs> anyways backtrack so uh at this point we basically put out another craigslist ad about wanting to find a bass player and i remember we got a few hits and like the bass player who would eventually join uh, the No Nothings came and practiced with us, and he was a total like ska punk dude. Like, that's a tall guy, right? Ah, oh, fuck, man, I don't remember his name, but yeah, it, he was. He was like he I was, was in the band with him. <laughs> I don't remember his name. I'm sorry, but but anyways, like I remember, I remember this like to this day, like him coming to my house, like, and it was just like, I'm like, whoa, like total like punk dude like outside i remember like he's like we practiced for like 10 minutes like yo i gotta go take a smoke break really quick and then left yeah. i'm like I'm like all right cool whatever musicians man exactly i'm like uh do you got any beer <laughs> yeah it was literally that vibe and like you know andrew michael and i are like like we're like oh god we're, we're like kind of straight edge at this point <laughs> like didn't do any of that shit guy pulls out a cigarette Band gets triggered. <laughs> it, it, was just, it was just a weird grouping of guys between the three of us. Like, we were all fucking nerds. And then, like, in comes this guy. And we're like, whoa. And then it, it didn't end up working out. What ended up happening? So he was the first one that came through. Oh, it was his name was Dana. I think it was Dana Simpson. Okay. Yeah, that was the guy's name. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. We remember you. Shout out to Dana Simpson of the Know Nothings if you're out there. Um, anyways, so he tries out. doesn't work out. And because he wanted to do some, like, punk and ska shit. And, you know, that was just what he got into. And then eventually we go through maybe, like, a couple other bass players that end, end up, like, just fucking, like, bailing on us. Like, don't even come to a, come to their audition. So, like, fuck. We got to find somebody. And then eventually, like, we get hit up by this guy. His name's Maurice Fitzpatrick. And it's like, yeah, I've got all my own shit. I've got, like, a cab, all this stuff. Like, I've been playing bass for X amount of years. Like, cool come to this dress and come try out. And this dude fucking shows up in this fucking lifted Chevy Based. black truck with his base cab in the back. And it's a fucking massive base cab, like, like legitimate base. It was cab. like it was tall. Like, ass it was a fucking yeah. tall base. Cab. I was like, Whoa, comes out, has his base, starts playing with us. And I was just like, all right, cool. This guy works out. And at this point, like Michael was, you know, the, the front runner of the band and like doing all this, like taking it head on. He's like, all right, you're in. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Cool. And this guy was like 
Maurice at this point was probably like in his early 30s. Wow. Yeah, so he was like the old guy in the group, but like <laughs> he would he was he was rad as fuck. I still remember it. Shout out to Maurice. Sorry we left the way we did, but eh, that that's what happens. Yeah. Uh anyway, so he ended up playing bass for us for years, for like a couple of years, like during the course of What Doesn't Kill You and then <clears throat> up until the point of when we started roughly recording uh past lives current lives. So we play a handful of shows, including more DNA lounge shows, Battle of the Bands type shit. And eventually we start playing like more local shows like Ernest from Sonoma County Hardcore started. Shout out Ernest. Yeah, shout out to Ernest. Miss you. Uh, starts, you know, throwing us shows our way because we ended up like actually like being legitimate at this point. Like it had probably like 20 to 30 minutes worth of material. Like we were like show ready. So he puts us on like a handful, like a handful of shows, like at the Phoenix, the Orleans Francis Center, um, even the live musicians co-op when it was like actually a venue before it became like just a practice spot. And what eventually happened is like at this point, we're like, okay, so we're gaining traction and we end up getting contacted by somebody uh, from music junkie press if i remember the name and they're basically like a local kind of you know magazine like type deal and they basically interviewed us because we had basically just applied for um i don't remember the name of the person who did it but they were putting out like a contest of like get on the cp people will vote in if you get the most amount of votes you get to basically record with this like famous sound engineer and like we were all about it and they wrote a they wrote an article on it and wrote about us because we ended up playing a show at the dna lounge again and they came and interviewed us and it's like whoa th- i'm like this is when people like were starting to notice who we were and it was pretty rad like it was it was a good time we made the most of it and then we didn't end up making it on that album but like it kind of gained us some like a little bit of a local following in the area at this point in time this is like 2014 i think so then what ends up happening is at this point we decide to go back into the recording studio again because we want to record a full album so this is what would eventually become past lives current lives which actually is more of an ep than it is an actual album just because life can kind of be a bitch uh and so we go back to record this album with nick and in the process of it like we're discovering like Maurice isn't fitting and meshing well with the new type of material that we're writing. Cause it started becoming more complex, like songs like, uh, lives we lived or never ending. Like those songs were definitely way different than what we had previously written on, uh, what doesn't kill you. Now this was a four song EP, right? Yeah. Okay. It, it was, we were, we were striving for a full album, and then it never really became of that just because of some shit that happened uh, actually after, like while we were you know, still kind of recording it. You know, I was actually uh, really quickly looking at the album artwork for this uh, EP, and it's actually pretty good. And um, how did you guys come up with that? You know, looking back at it, I think I remember talking with Michael and Andrew at this point and like, well, what should we do? And somebody came out, somebody threw out, past lives current lives and i think i may have chimed in like well what if it's like some guy 
staring in a mirror and it's just like he doesn't see himself he sees something different just to kind of embody yeah. the the actual album title and from there michael was actually in contact with you because you put us in contact with alex osborne yeah so i at the time was working for a local radio station called broken fm and i was hosting their metal show um and so i was in contact with a dude named alex osborne who did a press promotion company and some band manager stuff and i actually remember um going and seeing you guys play live at the phoenix with project 86 and at that show i'm sitting there watching you guys play and i'm watching michael and andrew play guitar and i'm listening to the 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 vocal harmonies and the screaming and the singing and i'm watching you play drums back there and i'm like Man, what I would give to play with musicians like that. <laughs> they are so freaking good. Oh, my God. And then sure enough, I uh, ended up in the band a little later down the line. But <laughs> Your uh, dream yeah. came true. <laughs> Prayers were answered. Hilarious. Uh, so, so, yeah, I ended up getting you guys in contact with Alex through that, who did it music management through a promotion company yeah alex was the guy who got us in contact with like the people that we needed to know like if you wanted some album artwork done he knows a guy you want to go on a tour cool he's got you like he was the guy and michael was spearheading all of this stuff and i just didn't pay any attention to it because i didn't want to um but anyway make the boom boom yeah exactly (laughs) pretty much that so anyways um at this point he contacts some guy and we basically kind of give them the, the idea of what we're going for. And then we go through maybe two or three like kind of renditions of art before coming up with what you see on the album now. Yeah. You know, actually looking at it, um, it kind of reminds me if you guys are familiar with a band called Senses Fail. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have an album called Let It Unfold You. That's a which phenomenal Exactly. It's album. a great album. Yeah. Phenomenal. Which is almost the same thing with the guy looking at a mirror and he's looking at it and... He's normal on the outside, but inside the mirror, he looks all fucking crazy and shit. And he's got his hand on the mirror and stuff. So it kind of has a little bit of that kind of feel to it. But yeah, no. You guys ripped it off. I was going to say, if we copied that, I didn't know about it. That was all Michael and Andrew. I didn't mean to say anything. I'm just saying I was looking at it. It looks like the census fail album. Should be called Past Lives, Plagiarized Lives. I didn't know at this point. I'm joking. That's that's the hard thing about being in a fucking band. Like hard, yeah. Everything is out there already. Like... Yeah. So many so riffs get recycled. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I always call it like the alarm clock breakdown, but like I've heard so many bands like Arch Enemy and shit that have a bra- breakdown that goes dun 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 I'm just because it sounds like an alarm clock when you wake up, and I'm just like, I've heard that <laughs> 50 fucking times right. in all these metalcore or, or, or metal That's why you got to be in a gent band. You're like, and it's just completely different for 20 measures, and then it repeats. Yeah. Fuck. So yeah, no, the EP, the EP like had four songs and um it had four songs on it and basically what ended up happening is through through Alex that Dustin put us in contact with, we ended up basically deciding that well let's 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 try and go on tour. And so we end up setting up this like kind of like bootleg tour that we do with another band from San Jose called Demon and Me. And I don't know how we got in touch with them or any of that stuff. Michael would be the guy. But what ended up happening is, so we, at this point, we start prepping for this tour. Like, this, the four songs that we have written, at least at this point, are solidified. Um, we start prepping for this tour. Maurice isn't working out. So I remember we end up having this conversation with Maurice at his place. Like, hey, man, it's not really working out. Like, we're about to go on tour. And, like, he had some personal shit going on that just was affecting, like, his ability to play and show practices on time. 
So that was like kind of a big, a big deal, especially for Michael. Um, so we ended up like kind of booting him from the band and like, of course we all fucking bumped heads at that point. And you know, one thing went, you know, everything kind of went South, but like flash forward, maybe a couple weeks, we end up trying to find out another bass player that can come out on tour with us. That's, you know, available for this. And we end up finding a guy through some mutual friends of ours and his name is Nico Molinari. He plays in Sloth and Turtle. Shout out to Sloth and Turtle. Um, Interesting name. I love that name. <laughs> Slopping Turtle. I want to play a show with Sloth and Turtle. I don't care what genre you I are. I keep thinking like slap bass. Was he a slap bass player? Or? Uh, he's definitely more of a guitar player, which is ironic. Okay. Like he does a lot of guitar tapping. Like he's in, they're definitely more prog than anything else, but they're really fucking good. So if you haven't heard Sloth and Turtle, go They're all instrumental, right? Yes. Yeah, just instrument, like animals as leaders, but less heavy and more just the fun. Oh, nice. So he ends up, like, we end up connecting with him, and then it ends up, like, he's he's totally down. We go to a few practices at his place uh, in Santa Rosa and, like, kind of, like, auditioning him, and it just kind of clicks right then and there. He's a super chill dude, um, just as big of a nerd as the rest of us. And, you know, we're like, well, we have this tour coming up would you be down to come with us? It's like, it's like 10 days. He's like, all right, cool. And he's in. So we start prepping for this tour and like all the, ha- all the details are being hashed behind the scenes with Michael and Alex specifically. And it, we ended up basically at this point, like committing to it. And the first show is at the brick and mortar music hall in San Francisco. And I remember I was like, fuck, like this is dope. We're actually, gonna go on tour like we we'd gotten a trailer got all the stuff needed for a tour except for the fucking van we didn't have a van to drive around and we had a minivan so oh, those are the worst to go on tour and they are fucking they terrible <laughs> any bands that are out there that plan on going touring do not go in a fucking minivan <laughs> you're gonna sleep right next to a, a cab pretty it's, much it's literally yeah it is it was it was looking back on it it was fun as fuck it's definitely memorable but, but holy fuck i have never slept worse in my life than sleeping in a minivan. So we get all this stuff prepped. We buy a trailer and actually went through a few trailers. Now that I'm thinking about it, (laughs) the first trailer we bought, like we bought off some guy on Craigslist and Maurice like contacted the guy and we ended up like splitting in cash. And at this point in time, I remember, I remember it to this day I'm at work and Michael went to go register it because we're going to go drive it out of state. And I get a call. He's like, yo dude, I'm at the DM for you right now. And I'm registering the trailer. Um, but there's a big fucking problem. It's coming up as stolen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was like, no. wait, you're, you're, you're not fucking joking with me. Are you? He's like, no, I'm like, I'm at the DMV and it's coming up as stolen. And the cops are here. He's like, you, you got <laughs> <he's laughs> He's like, you got it. You got to come down here. So I, I literally leave work early and I go drive to the Santa Rosa DMV and I meet him. And like, sure enough, like there's like, there's like, two cop cars outside the Santa Rosa DMV, like, like not really aggressively, like trying to arrest Michael, but like questioning him. So I come over and like, we give him the situation. He's like, we bought this on Craigslist for cash. Here's the post Here's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's literally what we did. Like we had no fucking idea that this had been stolen. He's like, yeah, it happens all the time. Like blah, blah, blah. Like you guys are going to be fine though. Like, but unfortunately we're going to have to impound this bad boy. So we're like, fuck man that sucks we have like a week and a half before we go on tour and we have to go find a fucking trailer at this point 
You guys are now like one for three on Craigslist ads working out. Um, I think you were the only one. <laughs> yeah, I was. John is the only Craigslist. I, I was kind of a out. blessing in disguise looking back at it now that I think about it. Uh, not that I want to toot my own horn or anything, but I suppose that's a good good way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it worked out, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, so now you got to get your second trailer. Yeah, so. Michael, Don't tell me you bought that off Craigslist too. No, 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 no. <laughs> we learned our lesson after that. After like, fuck Craigslist. We're never going back to that shit. So, anyways, we Michael and Andrew go scope for trailers like in the couple of days that we have to get it, and we ended up getting a trailer at like some local dealer that's off the avenue, and like paid like I think three grand for it. And it was a nice trailer, like decent sized, like could fit all of our shit. And we were we were also sharing shit with the other with Demon and me that was going on tour with us. So buy this trailer, three grand, blah, blah, blah. That's done. So flash forward, like first day of tour, like Demon and me has the van to tow this bad boy. We don't. And I remember we're, we're getting ready for tour, loading up all this sh- shit at Andrew's grandma's house. Cause that's where it was. <laughs> that's where we would keep it. <clears throat> and it starts, we start like, all right, well, how the fuck do we hook this thing up? Because none of us have ever fucking done this before. And, like, we're fucking with the hitch. And, like, we ended up needing a part. And we, like, luckily, there's a billion fucking auto part stores around here. So someplace had it. And we fixed it and finally got it hooked up. And then we, the tour started right then and there. Dean and me hooked up the trailer. They took off. We all head to San Francisco. We get there at the Brick and Mortar Music Hall. And, like, that was the first time I remember it. Like, we had our first, like, actual marquee. Like, wow. yeah, your name on the list, name up there? on the list oh, up there. Cool. I was like, fuck, we're, we're actually doing this. Like, this is a thing. I don't know if I've ever had that. I can't, I can't say if I have. You have. We've, they, we've, at, the we, at the Phoenix, oh, we've we had it. Yeah. What? You were there for that. Why didn't we take it? No one told me nothing. I, I can't like read. You need to tell me. You things. also come to shows like 45 minutes late. Well, I'm a musician. <laughs> I need to get. You know, really? We're all musicians. I'm, I'm hungover. All right. I need to, I need to drink more. I need to like go deal with my baby mama. And then I got to like do some crack <laughs> or heroin, whatever the kids do. I don't actually have a kid, by the way. That was a joke. You were Just the, the you, kid part, you, though, not the rest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. You are the diva, for sure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you know who I am? I was on TV once. <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast for another day. Uh, we've already done that. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> Anyways, so... We, so the tour was fun and everything was perfect and it all worked out. No, and then you guys got signed and 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 now we're in a we we tour and now and, and and now we're here. Hey. Yes, <laughs> in my fucking mind, I wish. Yeah, in my dreams. This is this is the second act of the story, folks. Yeah, the low point. There's a lot of shit that went on, and granted, like I'm glazing over a lot of shit, like some of the other details. But you know, if you if you want the full. Thing. surprisingly the band has a rich history yes there's a lot of history with the band like some of which i'm like having to really remember on the spot right now but anyways um so anyways we we start this tour and it's set up and the first show is in san francisco we play it and like crowd's okay I'm like meh like nobody knows who we're at this point like it is what it is and we're like that band that's just trying to go on tour and playing with like any local band that wants to put on a show and that's how this tour is set up and we're like fuck it whatever so, first show is in San Francisco. I remember being so fucking nervous because A, I'm playing a show. B, I'm going on tour and I've never been on tour before and I don't know what to expect. I'm nervous as fuck. 
and I remember like I hadn't eaten anything before the show. I played it like I played as best as I did, but it fucking sucked because I was just a f- so starving. And I remember leaving that show and driving and driving for I don't remember how long, but we never stopped to get food. Fuck. I don't know why, but like we just I think we got to I five somewhere on I five. Like past past Los Gatos and all that stuff because our next show was like supposed to be in Pomona, but it got canceled. So the actual next show after that was in Long Beach. But it was like two days away, so we had time to kill. Yeah. So I remember we pulled over at a rest stop like on the I five and like crashed in the van and I had never been hungrier in my life. <laughs> like I was like so dead and I remember waking up the next morning being just completely out of it on the way to the next show and just like it was a fucking shit show you know the thing about touring though from what I've noticed and also experienced is that like going to like a quick mart or something that's pretty much like gourmet food that's what you live on <laughs> you know that's exactly like, Taco what we Bell did the, or Burger so King it's gourmet food apparently we wake tour. up and like the butt crack of dawn because we're sleeping in a van and like we get up with the sunrise of course and you know, it's like 6 a.m. Like, all right, time to go to Long Beach, I suppose. Fuck. And I'm still fucking hungry. And like, I'm like dead at this point. I'm like, I need fucking food. And that's exactly what we did. We find just a fucking gas station. I'm like, oh, thank God there's a fucking subway in it. I'm getting a fucking breakfast sandwich hey. right now. <laughs> so anyways, <clears throat> we take care of that. We start driving. We get to we get to L.A. maybe around, I don't know, one, two. And mind you, we have like a day and a half to kill before the next show. So we just stick around Long Beach, go to like the observatory that's like on the mountainside there and go over there and hang out and go to the guitar center that's on the, you know, the fucking boulevard and go dick around there. And then I remember we tried to locate the venue and find out where it is. And like Long Beach, if you've ever been to Long Beach, it's a rather unique area. Like it's if you're by the beach, it's really fucking nice, really fucking classy. You go two miles away from the beach it turns in like oh fuck oh, like super ghetto or whatever. yeah like uh. literally like i'm gonna i'm gonna die <laughs> like i'm luckily i'm brown but everybody else in the band is white <laughs> so i'm fine oh, wait, andrew he was, he was of a darker complexion yeah i guess so but he didn't have any facial hair oh uh, that's true but so he looked like he was 12 that's true but uh, so like we're like, well, we gotta fucking stay the night somewhere. And like, I remember we found just like this ritzy hotel, and we camped outside of it, like on just on some like back alley street, and that's where we crashed for the next day. And oh, that's just, you didn't even try to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna like stay in it. No, 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 because <laughs> you know, you know, as a band, you're fucking you're just poor. Yeah. You well, know? when you guys were on tour, did you ever meet people at the show, and then they're like, hey, I got a place for you guys to crash, and so it'd be at their place because. You know, it would be like a floor or something like that. Right. You know? I wish. I really oh. wish. Especially, I've been especially about that a lot now. Is like bands are going on tour and then like they crash at fans. Yeah, houses. that's the thing. Yeah. Like if you have if you have like a good following to be able to do that, just fucking take advantage of that. Like, oh yeah. You know, at this point in time, like we were still like kind of undiscovered, undiscovered, even in the local area. Like people like vaguely knew who we were but like out of town like people like who the fuck are these guys Mm -hmm. so like that wasn't even on the table at all so and at this point like we're we're just like all right we're just gonna crash in the van whatever like i brought a sleeping bag and i would just sleep in that like sitting (laughs) upright in the van and we would just rotate seats like somebody would take shotgun and like somebody would be like the back of the van was the fucking spot because it was just way the fuck back then it was the darkest so if you had that spot you were fucking golden um so we crashed outside this place Play the Long Beach show and like same thing, like 
some people were like, okay, you guys were really good. And like, this was the evening, like that I, I won't forget because like, it wasn't much of a big deal for me as it was for Michael and Andrew, but like somehow some, like the vocalist and demon in me knew the guitar player for mice and men. Oh, which one? Uh, Throw, throw, throw me names. What are some names? Oh, I don't know. I just know faces. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like I think he's still. I think he's actually still part of part of, of my. I know skin. there's a guy. There's a darker skin guy that's got longer hair, and then there's a guy that kind of looks like uh, a total ginger. It's that guy. It's the ginger guy. It's the ginger okay. Guy. So, anyways, he's like, "Oh yeah, this is so and so of my man," and like Michael and Andrew are losing their fucking shit, and I'm just like, "Oh hey, dude, what's up?" Like they're fanboying hard. They're like, like oh, here, here, here's a shirt." here just go go rep here it'll fall i'm like that guy's not gonna fucking do that (laughs) you know so it is what it is and like it was cool and then basically we finished that show and then the next show was supposed to be in vegas and that show got canceled so the next show wasn't until we were supposed to be in el paso texas which was like another day and a half so i'm like fuck it if we're gonna drive to texas we're gonna go through arizona at this point I have family in Arizona, so we can actually crash somewhere legitimately. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and, like, sleep in an actual bed and take a fucking shower, because at this point it had been, like, two and a half days and yeah. no shower. And nobody had a fucking 24-hour fitness membership. Like, we didn't know about that hack. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's the trick. Get a really cheap uh, 24-hour anytime membership and then go on tour. <laughs> Wait, can you actually have people, like, take your car or something and go in and take a shower? I mean, you're not supposed to, but yeah. You get like a okay. guest, you, don't you get like a guest membership or something like that or a guest, you can do that too. You can pass. honestly like if you if you want to just pay twenty bucks, you just go, hey, can I come in for a guest pass? You go sure, and you just go and take a shower. You just see five guys just come in and out of a shower. You need like, all right, man. <laughs> you need like you need like two or three people to have a, a fucking gym membership in order to do, if I remember right. Like that that's the hack. So yeah. oh, because I thought you meant like one person would have I mean, a gym no, membership. Theoretically speaking, you could do that. You, just you like, could do right, it. You take my card now. You go now. You go now. You go and it doesn't matter. Especially if it's like after hours where the staff's all gone, they're not going to look at who's coming in. Yeah. Oh. So that 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 was something we didn't fucking know. So like, just like, well, we have two days of sweat on us, whatever. And so we basically make the drive to uh, Tucson, where my family is, and like we stop in San Diego because it's like fucking three a.m. And I'm like, I need to fucking sleep. Crash at another fucking rest stop. Continue the next day. Go to Tucson. Hang out. We get to my family spot. Um, oh, the the best part about this was crossing uh, crossing the Tucson border, or uh, the Arizona border from California. I will never forget this because somehow their the drug sniffing canine thought we had a lot of shit on us, oh. but we didn't, and we had so much shit packed into this van, like so much fucking shit, like clothes, food, like whatever, like. Just any musical gear that some acoustic guitars, like, and then like whatever. I remember we're literally on, like, we're at this border crossing, and like, we go up. I'm driving, so it's already suspicious enough. (laughs) For those who for those who don't know me, I have my name is Juan. I have a big ass beard. (laughs) And I'm He's probably got uh, the second nicest beard in this room tonight. Fuck you, Anthony. I have the, I have the nicest beard. Let's no, be honest. It, and you know it, about it, beard struggles? It does look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the beard struggle. No, no. But no, he, he does have a wonderful beard. You'll see it in the photo that we take later. Uh, but basically, so I'm driving. And the guy's like, the guy runs his, his dog along the side of a car. And the dog picks up some shit. I don't, I don't remember what it was. And then. He probably smelled your beard. Uh, maybe. It? Maybe. And. The guy's like, oh, my dog's picking up something, so I'm going to have you guys pull off to the to the side over there, and then 
you know, we're going to have to have the dog go through the car. I was like, uh, what? Really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. So I pull over and like Michael and Andrew are like, well, what's going on? I'm like, they're going to go through the car with a dog and he's going to try to find any kind of like drugs that we have, even though we don't fucking have any drugs. Yeah. And eventually like we wait Nico's for just over in the corner like y- yeah guys we-, we don't have any drugs we-, we don't have any drugs no right drugs here <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i don't know you nico i'm sorry <laughs> we we had like some nyquil and dayquil because in long beach like michael started kind of feeling under the weather so we picked up some shit i kind of think that's what the dog was smelling but i don't fucking know so we we pull over and like the dog goes through this goes through the van and like starts rummaging through the van and you have to un- did you have to unload everything no oh, thank okay. god that would have been the fucking worst and they're like well we can't find anything but something's there but we're just gonna let you guys go i'm like okay whatever so we continue on our well, way we know you're a bunch of druggies especially the guy with the beard right yeah, fuck it <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so fucking funny after that because like we were just like you're like i think you need to get a new dog because yours is broken <laughs> <laughs> your dog's broken <laughs> We get to Tucson. We crash out at my my aunt and uncle's place. Shout out to Tam and Uncle Todd. Thanks again. We'll probably be back soon. Um, Years later. Yeah, seriously. We crashed out there, and, like, it was fucking nice. We all showered, got cleaned up, and, like, the next morning, I remember waking up, and this is when the onset of what what would become a flu for me was just, like, starting out as a cold. And I remember waking up, and, like, you get that fucking tickle in your throat, and you're like, oh, fuck. I'm sick. So we press on. It just starts getting. So this is how COVID started. No, it actually started with a hero to fall in 2014. Everybody hate this band. They got you sick. Careful, <laughs> C- careful. The CDC is going to hear this. We're going to get it rated. So anyways, oh snap! I, I start get, I start coming sick. We get to El Paso, and El Paso was like, like I'm sick, so it kind of sucked at this point. But I remember being in El Paso and be like, oh, this is this is cool. Like Tijuana is right there. Like it's just a stone's throw away, and. The vibe in El Paso was definitely like raunchy, but fucking awesome. Like that was the show that made like tour that much more memorable. Cause I remember interacting with some kids and like some of the local scene that like knew who we were and like actually knew the songs. And like, that was surprising that, that enough, like that alone was like, Whoa, this is rad. We played the show. The show was fucking great. Like the best crowd that we had who actually like, screamed the lyrics back at michael like in it was in texas in texas oh, wow. say, everything yeah. is way bigger in texas including including the people including the fan base including the fan base that's cool the love there is real shout out to texas we'll be back at some point i would hope um, Shit, i want to move there <laughs> but yeah so like they knew the words to like some of the the songs and like what they were really wanting like oh you're gonna play anything off what doesn't kill you're like no sorry (laughs) they were like they were kind of let down a little bit but they still knew like the new the new stuff that we kind of shared like off of uh past lives current lives and it was fucking rad it was cool like i remember tearing down that show and like just being like that was the best show we played and then it also kind of hit me like i'm like this is probably going to be the only best show we play Uh, and ironically enough that was the fucking case like everywhere else we went after that was just like crickets like after that show we went to we played two places in mex in new mexico albuquerque was one of them and there was this other i don't remember where it was but this is other like out in the middle of nowhere like in some shack 
but apparently it was like a really well-renowned venue like in the shack that had a fucking wood stove that kept it warm you were telling me about that yeah <laughs> there yeah. was a guy literally dedicated to manning this wood stove so wow. that the place wouldn't freeze and he would literally stand there's this fucking like big like he's like this big buff indian dude and <laughs> <laughs> I remember going up to him and be like, hey, like, like, uh, like, I thought he was the promoter at first. He's like, oh, no, man, like, promoter's I'm just over here there. Making this I'm, stove I'm literally just here to make this place warm and comfortable for everybody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Shout out to Stove Man. He literally <laughs> just stood there putting logs into this fucking wood stove and just kept it going the entire show. What a badass. I remember that show, too, because we also got paid in pizza. Literally, that was like we got we got like fifty bucks in pizza. That oh, we week. were cooking some pizza on the stove. <laughs> <laughs> so I we was just trying to keep you guys warm. I was I needed people to eat here. It was like we played this show, and like I remember like there was two local bands before us, and they brought a shit ton of people. And then as soon as they were done, it was like the Sonoma County scene. Like everybody disappeared. Like nobody was left. I remember we played for basically like three people, and like the guys in Demon and me, and that was it. We still made a blast of it, but that's what it was. And the show, yeah, I've always learned that those shows can be fun because you can essentially turn it into a band practice and then just start dicking off on stage. I mean, yeah. Not worth doing on a tour, I'm sure, but it's just like, just when it, I've had when, that happen too. It's like there's two, three people and the other band, you're like, cool. Hey, you guys want to try to play a Slayer song? And you get like halfway through and then you <laughs> fuck up and you go, all right, well, that was it, guys. And like, it's just fun. <laughs> so we do that, play that show. And at this point, like this tour, mind you, is in January. And it's fucking cold. And now we're going into states that are really fucking cold, including New Mexico. So, like, at this point, this is where we're like, oh, we can't camp out in the van anymore. This is when the hotels start coming into place. Shout out to Holiday Inns. That was our, that was our fucking jam. This episode is sponsored by the Holiday Inns. <laughs> and that, Come sleep it off. That, that <laughs> night, fuck. I remember, being like, Michael's like, all right, so we're going to go park the... Like, where are we going to park the van? I'm like, what do you mean, where the fuck are we going to park the van? We're not sleeping in the van. It's 20 degrees outside. Are you fucking crazy? You'd have to sleep with the van running and the heater yeah. on, and that would yeah. cause issues. We would have fucking died. Yeah. So we finally pulled the trigger on going to Holiday, and I just, like, we all crashed in one room. Michael, like, had a fucking gift card for Holiday. And he's like, it's like it's like 500 bucks. I'm like, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> Save it. So we booked a room, and, like, any time we booked at the Holiday, and we'd have Michael go in and be like, oh, yeah, I need just one room, two beds for two people. And then the rest of us would just wait and he'd like come out. Like you guys all pile in. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. He'd give us the fucking green light and then we'd just all pile into the room and that that's how we got away with it. We never got caught, which is rad. But I don't think they honestly cared. I, I, I'm not sure. Do they charge by room or hotels or do they charge by the person? I thought they charged by room, but I feel like there's a capacity There's a capacity. Limit, so they'll okay. like yell at you and make you buy two rooms. If they exactly. Too many if you hit that capacity, what they usually do but is you're they, also will, showing they will up charge to a, you for like, another room. Realistically, you're showing up to a hotel at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's going to care. And so whoever's at the front desk is just not going to give a fuck. Right. Well, and that's why we just had Michael go take care of it. And then that was that. So so let's let's get to the fun part of the story. The turning point. Oh, the the, the, the point where it basically I'm scarred for life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyways, Lasting we play, we play Albuquerque and then we go to Colorado and we play a show there. And then after Colorado or after Denver, we're supposed to play in Salt Lake City. So for those of you who may have traveled from Colorado to Utah, you take the 80 to get there. And the 80 goes through Wyoming. And I hate Wyoming after this, <laughs> after this, I will, especially in January. Wyoming is a beautiful place, but I will never go back there unless I really have to. I mean, have you seen Hateful Eight? Remember the snowstorm? Yellowstone or uh, <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Yellowstone is all I got. A dead body on the van? 
Uh, <laughs> there you go. Anyways, so we leave at like eight in the morning from Denver and drive to Wyoming, and we finally cross over to the Wyoming border, and it is a fucking blizzard. Like, like Donner dinner party, anyone? <laughs> Not that extreme, Let's Dustin. Go, Let's do it. It wasn't that bad, but it was fucking. It was. John a- was still hungry from when he was in L.A. Had not yet <laughs> eaten. It's been five days. They were paid in pizza, but he got nothing. No. So who's got the at, most meat on their at, bones? At this point, Whole Foods was also really relevant. So thank God for that. Uh, so we start driving, and I'm driving at this point. Like I'd done a few drives, and Wyoming was one I will never forget. It was wide out in a blizzard on a two lane highway. I'm we're like packed in the van doing 10 miles an hour on the highway just because nobody can see fucking shit. And I'm like, we're going to die. I'm going to fucking die here. <laughs> like I, I'm like, I'm like simultaneously like texting, texting Lizzie. I'm like, uh, we're in a whiteout right now. So if you don't hear from me, uh, know that I love you. Oh, <laughs> oh. you know, it'd be the worst. I'm just thinking this has popped in my head. So what if like you're driving through a blizzard and you're like, radio or something's all fucked up and so you have like your phone and you're just blasting let it snow let it snow oh my god frozen god oh the weather ass <laughs> <laughs> fire is so oh fuck <laughs> let it snow let it snow let it snow oh jesus god. that'd be amazing that would be so fucking funny if i could go back in time i would change that and play that song it's like but, from a fucking movie or something literally but we we got through it like we got through it just fine and like we we're like okay cool so we continue down the 80 still in wyoming like and like i don't know the weather starts becoming better but like there's still snow everywhere like storm had passed and like but there's still snow on the road and we're just about in utah at this point maybe like an hour outside of utah before getting into salt lake and i was driving again nika was up front with me and he gets a just a call and it's the it's the guys in demon to me and keep in mind they're also pulling the trailer because they can and we couldn't mm-hmm. um so he gets a call and i remember driving and i just remember hearing like some brief parts of the conversation i just remember like i will never forget this is like well are you guys okay those are the words that came out of his mouth and i was like Fuck. That's what Nico said. That's what Nico okay. said. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, fuck, what happened? Like, instantaneously, I knew something was wrong. And, like, Michael and Andrew in the back, like, passed out, like, taking a nap. So they don't know. And he's like, okay, well, do you guys need us to come back? Like, what? Like, what's up? Like, we're, we're, like, you guys are probably, like, two to three hours behind us. And we're, like, right in, we're, like, right about to be in Utah. They're like, well, let's fi- we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. So I pull over, like I pull off at some gas station because I needed gas at this point. And as soon as he hung up, I was like, what fucking happened? He's like, they hit a patch of black ice, the trailer jackknifed, and it basically like imploded. And all of our gear and all the merch is on the fucking median of the highway on 80. Oh, damn. Uh, There's actually, for those who want to see it, if you go on our Instagram and you basically travel back in time on the Instagram, you can see a photo of what it looked like. And it is fucking gnarly. The drums I currently pull that up. I want to see it. The, the drums I currently play. <laughs> I've never seen this. Wait, where, where's this at? This is on our Instagram. Okay. So if you go on our Instagram and you, like you travel back in time to like, you you can you can find just it. Just go it, all the way back to two. Just look for the photo of like snow and a trailer that's just imploded. It's not. I thought you were gonna say something like, okay, so the van crashed. 
The trailer broke off. It's in the woods. Cannibals <laughs> took all our fucking Down gear. <laughs> it's Down a cliff. Somebody died. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and a cannibal, cannibals uh, ate one of the band members. <laughs> so, we, like, I was like, fuck. Like, what happened? And mind you, at this point, like, I'm, like, sick as a fucking dog. So, like, I have, like, either a really severe head cold or a flu. I don't fucking know, but it felt like shit. So, like, all I wanted to do was get the fuck home. And as soon as I got this news, I'm like, I really want to get the fuck home, but I know we should go back. And, like, everybody was sick as a dog at this point except for fucking Andrew. I don't know how, but he never fucking got sick on this tour. Everybody else did. Um, So we pull over, and, like, we decide, like, we're going to wait it out for a couple hours and wait to hear what the band, what Demon of Me has to say. And... We pull, we get into Salt Lake. We're chilling at a Whole Foods there, like trying to figure out what to do. And like they're figuring it out and they're not entirely sure what's happening. Like, meanwhile, the rest of us are like trying to stay sane, like worrying about our gear, especially me. <laughs> um, that's it. That's that's the that's photo. The, oh my god, let me see this. That's the photo. Oh that is the famous, goodness. the famous. I see a tire sticking I-80 up out of the ground <laughs> trailer implosion photo Those beer bottles what are oh no that's that's merch there's some merch in there and the way that we loaded uh, the trailer was by far like not the best move because unbeknownst to me at this point you're supposed to put all the heavy shit like in a specific spot over the wheels so that they get traction and they don't they don't fucking like swerve around when you if you like hit a patch of black ice but I don't fucking oh, know that okay so uh, well, now we know for next time yeah, now we know for next time. At the same time, we were never fucking touring in the winter ever again. Okay. Unless it's in state. Unless we're famous and we can just fly around. That yes, that, matter, yeah. unless that changes. But anyways, um, ironically, the drums that I currently use to play in A Hero to Fall live recording are the same drums that were in that accident. Didn't they, like, you had the cases? So I had, like, so I, before tour, I, I basically went out and purchased, like, hard shell cases for all of my drums. And that's a good idea. Yeah. Those things are expensive. They're expensive too. as fuck, but it was fucking worth it because it paid off right then and there because my kit was fine. Had one little crack on like the drum, uh, the drum head on my bass drum, which is still there versus the drummer for demon to me had an acrylic kit with soft shell cases. His drums were fucking annihilated as like, being a drummer myself. You know, I think it's really hilarious when they sell those cases for drums with oh, their, ba- their bags. I, yeah, they're basically exactly. bags. Yeah. It's like, that's what the just fuck? So, that's just basically like, so you don't get your gear scratched. It's like putting your back, your yeah. drum in a backpack. Yeah. It's basically no padding. It's all that's it stupid. is. It's just like, if you don't want it to get scratched and you maybe want to keep a little water off it, you go for those cases. <laughs> just if, a little bit though. Not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you can put a knife through it and you'll scratch up some shit. Versus, I went with like the the super like fancy yeah. SKB. Like, yeah, like, I think like Gator cases. Gator yeah. makes some really good shit. And, like, so I spent a I spent a pretty diamond dollar on that, and like it fucking paid off. <laughs> Sadly, oh, wow. I think I think I think all of my simple stands were probably like the most destructive thing in that trailer when it crashed because I had just a fucking like rectangle filled with all of my cymbal stands and for drummers out there who have a lot of cymbal stands you know those things add up and like will equate to yeah. about three to four hundred pounds so that thing was like a fucking wrecking ball in the trailer if i had to guess wow and just destroyed everything along with probably andrew's head my cymbal stands contributed to the destruction of I'm just, everything i'm just they're guessing. like javelins going through the yeah. fucking bed. and luckily i had a hard shell case for that but like all together combined just a wrecking ball if i had to guess so at this point the tour was over. Yeah, the tour was over. Like we like 
the the show in Utah, like we call the promoter, we're like, yo, we got into a like our our touring members, Demon and me, got in a fucking wreck and it has all of our equipment in it, so we can't play the show. And at this point, we're still figuring it out. They're like, keep going, and they're gonna handle it. And like looking back on it, I kind of regret not going back and helping, but that was just the mindset that I was in because I was just so fucking just done, like. Yeah. Sick, you're tired, yeah, you're sick and tired, and just and like, and then you put all, and then you put an imploded trailer on top of that, and it's just like I'm cracked. So, we they're like, just keep going, we'll figure it out. But they told you to keep going. They told us to okay. keep going, okay. but like honestly, like I, they should like I don't know what the wording was because I wasn't the one involved in the conversations. That was all Nico because he was talking to Kevin Burr, uh, who was in Demon Me at the time. And he was talking with Kevin because he's a local dude that Nico's friends with. Yeah, I know Kevin. Um, so he was communicating with him, and he was just like, just keep going. We'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And like unbeknownst to us, like at this point, somebody from Demon and Me started a GoFundMe page and like was getting cash to like get them back on track. So that happened, and that's honestly like how they got back was because they had enough money to get a, Utah, a U-Haul and a room at a hotel and so they continued the tour they didn't continue the tour oh. they figured it out that night got a room figured it out the next day and then came well, home they, they didn't have the trailer anymore so yeah. they had to get money to rent a u-haul to pack everything up that was salvageable okay and bring that all back exactly okay. exactly that so we've just pushed forward like it's eight it's like 12 hours to back home at this point from salt lake just to sonoma county so we're just like fuck it Let's just push through the night. We'll take shifts and we'll just get the fuck home. And we got home the next day at like, I remember like five or six in the morning and I was just fucking dead. And like at this point, like I go back home. How I, many shows, sorry. How many shows did you have left on the tour that you had to cancel? Just the one. Oh. Utah was the last show. Oh, okay. So the tour was basically over. Anyways. The tour is basically oh, okay. over. We were on the last leg of the tour, the last day of the tour. And I remember... Yeah, that shit happened, and then it was like, well, tour's over. This is a great memory, you know? Uh, and then, you know, we got home. We all, like, fucking unloaded our shit, and then, like, just... We all went to sleep for, like, two days. Yeah. <laughs> we were just all zonked out of it. And then, at this point, like, we were just trying to get our shit back from Demon and me. And, like, we figured it out, got all of our shit back, and then that was that. And then, like, that was the only tour that Hero to Fall has ever done. Uh, yeah. It was... Uh, it kind of put us on our ass and yeah, the, we were promoting the past lives, current lives album. I should say EP because that's literally what it is because it never actually became a full album because the plan was to go promote it, go on tour, what we did and then come back and write more and finish it. And then we were just so done, like so defeated at this point because the trailer was gone and insurance sadly didn't cover it because Michael got the wrong form of insurance that didn't cover trailers. So that was gone. And like, we were just so bummed out. And like, I was on my last, I was like, it was like my last semester at SSU at this point. So I was like, I didn't know you went to SSU. Yeah. For what? Uh, communications. Okay. Yeah. I got an AA in communications and a um, BA in communications. So it was my last semester there. And I was like, yo, I'm going to, take a break from music and just focused on school and stuff. And that was kind of the same with like Michael and Andrew and like maybe two, three weeks after this, like Michael, like was like, I'm, I'm done. done. Like he texted 
texted Andrew and I was just like, he's like out of the band. He's like, I, I'm done with the band. Like, wow. like, and we're like, oh, okay, whatever. Like we couldn't, we couldn't do anything about it. Like he already made up his mind and like, we weren't going to stop him. So yeah. So anyways, like we continue with our, just our own personal stuff. Like a hero to fall at this point is like kind of on like, is basically on a hiatus and like this goes on for a year, year and a half ish like nothing like we don't get together for practice over the next like couple months of like whatever the a semester in court and uh encompasses and at some point i remember i think i reached out to andrew on my own and was just like yo i miss playing music i really miss playing music with you and he felt the same way and we kind of reconnected a little bit and like he had written some stuff on his own unbeknownst to me and this would eventually be what would be put on the two song ep left for dead and he would basically have the beginnings of that song kind and of those were the left for dead and painting the roses red exactly so at this point andrew and i start kind of putting the pieces back together and like or salvaging what we had left of a hero to fall because michael is michael's gone and we, we tried to get him to come back and just wasn't happening and so so at this point, Hero to Fall is a two-man band. Two-man band. Andrew and myself. Just guitars and drums. And, like, we start, he showed me, like, his rough recordings of Left 4 Dead. And I was like, this is fucking sick. Like, this is really fucking good. And it was, it was simple, but it's fucking heavy. And it was definitely heavier than what, what Michael would have wanted to have played. Uh, that's what, you know, that's what I've always liked about uh, those two songs is that... Um, you know, I've, I've obviously had, had nothing to do with writing them, but like that's something I've always really enjoyed about those songs is that they they're simple, but yet they're catchy and they're still melodic, especially with the synths. Yeah, yeah. And that was the thing with Andrew. Like over time, like he he's he's the guy who came up with like a lot of like the backtrack stuff. Like he was that guy, and then he would just tell Nick, and Nick would just make it that much better. So Nick Patello. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Nick Patello would do that. So he approached me, and then we kind of just start playing and jamming together again and then eventually like he's like okay well we need to find like a singer and another guitar player and then that's where dustin comes in at this point yeah so i knew a couple of people in the local industry or in the local music scene and um i had met uh andrew and michael at shows before and talked to them a lot more than i talked to john before joining the band um but I, michael actually hit funny enough michael hit me up first and Michael was like, hey, I kind of want to, like, jam and, like, try some music stuff out. Like, do you want to do you want to try and do something? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Like, I got a drummer buddy I could hit up, Nathan Garlic, who was in Trial by Combat for years. I know Nathan, too. Yeah. Shout out to Nathan. <laughs> Amazing dude. One of my best friends. Um, and so I hit up I hit up Nate, and I'm like, hey, you want to go jam with this guitarist over at the co-op? And he's like, yeah, sure. And the three of us were on three different planets. We were so completely different with what we wanted to do with music. I had this like metalcore, hardcore, like vocal style, and Nate's over here like a death metal drummer, like, and then Michael's over here like, yeah, playing all these like harmonic, playing the heaviest harmonic riffs you can, lightest like possible things going on. It was just chaos, but we had fun. And so Michael's just like, you know, this is not the best fit. We're like, yeah, we agree. But he's like, hey, I actually got another buddy, uh, one of the old guitarists from uh, from a Here to Fall. Like, you should hit him up, him up, and see if uh, and see if you guys could jam. Well, didn't and did so it... he got me in contact with Andrew, 
And then the three of us got together and jammed. Well, I thought Michael wanted to jam with you and I. Maybe like, that's that might have been what it was. I do remember hap- I do remember that happening beforehand because it's like, oh yeah, Mike, Mike, Michael wanted to do like another metalcore thing, but which was weird for for me because I knew he didn't want to get that heavy. And I remember practicing like he hadn't written anything, and like I just remember going to the co-op and like meeting Dustin, and like we just kind of dicked around, mm-hmm. like we didn't really play anything because Michael hadn't written anything, and I'm like. I don't really know what to play if you don't have anything I don't know written, what's going on, you know. But we so. had fun, and that's what mattered. And they, either way, that's how I met John. Yep. And so then the three of us got together, uh, me, John, and Andrew. And I'm like, hey, I got a buddy that I grew up with in Cloverdale. Uh, we were in middle school band together. We ran cross country together, like after school, after school, high school. I would like get out of school, we'd run cross country, and then we'd just walk over to his house and just jam and play music, just the two of us. We'd write all these random old, uh, very kill switch engagey and Parkway Drive inspired uh, riffs and parts, and I'd help him kind of sculpt them and blah, blah, blah. I was like, we should bring him out. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So I hit up my buddy Matt, and I'm like, hey, I'm trying to start a band. Come play with us. And he's like, okay, cool. So Matt shows up. Fucking Matt is and, down for everything. Yeah, <laughs> he's Matt like, all is right. down for everything. He, he, he just he, he never complains. He never like fights anything. He just wants to hang out, have a good time, and write music. Matt and, is and basically Matt is, the chillest person in this band. It's great. It's so much fun working with him. So I hit him up, and he comes down, and the four of us get together, and we just click. We're like, yes, this, yeah. this is perfect. Andrew basically showed Matt and Dustin left for dead, mm-hmm. and then like... Matt, being the fucking guitar wizard that he is, picks it up just, like, fucking instantly. And then, like, the drums were so simplistic that I just kind of played whatever I could behind it, and it fit. And then that was that. Andrew literally showed us the song, and then an hour later, they were playing it, and I was doing mock vocals. Like, it, it was that quick that everybody just picked up the parts. Um, and then we ended up writing writing that song and recording uh, recording Painting and Left 4 Dead as a two-song EP. Um we were still experimenting at the time. We were trying to figure out what we wanted to do as a band. Um, I have this like huge, big picture look at music, um, and so and so in doing so, I want like to bring in all of these other influences when it comes to uh, writing and recording and doing vocals and uh, the guitar work and all this other stuff. And Andrew and I kind of clashed a little bit when it came to some of that stuff. Like I wanted to hit up one of my friends who I grew up with uh, to come sing female vocals on one of the songs. Cause I'm like painting is so melodic and big that we should do this harmonic part with your vocals and her vocals. And we recorded it and then used part of hers and you know, that all kind of happened. Um, but it was fun, and we were experimenting a lot through that entire phase, which was great. I wasn't at these recording sessions. They did they did electronic drums, which makes me sad. Oh, or those bastards! Drums. Those aren't you. <laughs> those are programmed. Oh, because they we went with uh, we recorded with I don't remember his last name, but his name's Dana, and he's in Kingdom of Giants. Shout out to Kingdom of we Giants. We recorded with Kyle Ryan here in Santa Rosa, and then we sent it over to Dana Willocks of uh, Kingdom of Giants in Sacramento to mix and master it for us. You would know that better than I would. Sorry. <laughs> I was say, this is this is the Dustin portion of the story. Yeah, this, this, yeah. So yeah. so like John was talking about beforehand, Michael was kind of taking front on a lot of the like I, I I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like the spearheading, like who's doing what and communication. Wait, so to Michael people. was like kind of so, still helping with no, the no, band? No, no, so, no. He, so Michael was, was originally doing that. Oh, oh okay. After Michael left the band, we decided to reboot A Here to Fall with the four of us. Yeah. It turned into John and I doing all of those things. Um, 
a lot of it was me and a lot of it was John with the with the new album. But during this portion of the phase, it was me who was in contact with Dana and some other people because I still at the time had a couple of music industry uh, yeah. contacts through the radio station. I was yeah, working you for. had the contacts. And I was going to say really quickly, though, you mentioned that you worked for Broken FM. Yeah. Now, you said you saw these guys before you joined the band yep. a while ago. So did you... It's so it's so ironic that you said you wanted to be with these guys and then here whatever later then you're with the band. It's like yeah, that's crazy. It was it was great. It's like I, fate. It was it, it was, was like fate. I, I remember watching them play live, just being like, wow, I wish I could play music with musicians like this. They're so <laughs> good. And then sure enough, I became friends with them and we yeah, ended up playing music crazy. later. It's so ironic. Well, we cool. we put our first single, "What Doesn't Kill You," on your radio station, didn't we? Yeah, probably. I don't remember. I was playing uh, I was playing "Lives We've Lived." I'm pretty sure. "Lives We Lived," and I think I think it was uh, "Breathe Again." We put with you or you got us in touch with did you get in a, did you get us in touch with somebody at blank tv no that was not me okay never mind were you guys around when the fox was still a station the 101.7 the fox? i no, that was done by 2011 or 12 because I, I remember it I was like that we, we oh. it was still a little relevant when we were starting out but it was just on its way out and i remember like I remember that was the fucking station yeah because my friend actually yeah. hosted a local show where he would play local bands. Like I for do like remember hour. that. His name was Chris, and I was just asking because I don't know if you guys had a chance to be on we that did, station uh, as well. Because it was I, a good promotion. It was good promotional. It was definitely good people. promotion locally, and I remember that being the thing. And like when we were starting, I was like, "Oh, it'd be fucking rad to get in." And then like you know, a couple months down the road, it's uh, real down the quick. Water. Okay, we back up a little bit here in the story. So first of all, when I would listen to Hero to Falls old stuff, I would be like, "God, these guys should be on fucking Warp Tour or something." Like you had that sound. It sounded <laughs> great. And you were also sponsored with EMG for a hot minute. Yes. Which is so fucking <laughs> cool. Wait, EMG pickups? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. So I don't know how we got in contact with EMG, and it may have been through a mutual contact of Alex Osborne, but I remember Dustin and, or excuse me, uh, Michael and Andrew were like obsessed with EMG pickups. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Do, do your thing. Like, go, go, go get sponsored. And sure enough, we got sponsored for that or by them for like a hot minute. And yeah. wasn't it like they heard you guys live and then dropped you? It was so what ended up Which happening sucks, is you guys were good. Then, well, man. so what ended up happening is they had an experimental thing going on, and it was called it was called the Cube, and it was this this little like studio like like video recording room that they had over in the wiki up area, and it was they had done some like stuff with like Metallica and Megadeth there before, like doing a live performance recording. An audio recording with it. The fact that that's local is so weird. Nobody had heard of it, and like it was still experimental in an experimental state. Like they're like, oh yeah, come out to the cube and like we'll we'll do a recording thing like as our new as a new artist, blah blah blah. Since you guys are like with EMG now, and like we're like cool, dope, down, and like at this point, we do we do it, and like it doesn't go that great. I don't remember exactly why. I think it was some sound quality stuff and like with the backtracks that we had at the point and like nothing was lining up. And so that fell through. And then at that point, like EMG was just like, okay, here's some shit. And then that was that. Like they didn't really like tell us that like they were like dumping us, but like that's just kind of like this just kind of brushed. It just ghosted you. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. But what is music sponsorship aside from just, being handed free gear and then letting you rep it. Well, like, that's kind of just if, what the deal is. If we're is, talking right? nowadays, it's literally like, promotion and Instagram videos and Instagram stories and all this other stuff. Versus then, 
Like that was you still got some gear and you got in a magazine. Maybe a, yeah, maybe yeah. a signature pickup. Versus if you're lucky. Versus yeah. back then, like you you would put on Facebook and like because Facebook was still the thing at this point in time, and Instagram was slowly up and coming, and like fucking TikTok didn't exist, you know. So back then it was just like here's some free shit, like you know here's some shirts, like where I'm live, you know, tell tell your friends, tell like tell your fans and that, that like was put that. some stickers on the merch yeah, table exactly. or something like put like some that, stickers yeah. on the merch table and like just show that you guys are playing AMG and that's what it was. So like to them for them brushing us off was like, meh, no big deal, but whatever we moved forward with that. So anyways, yeah, back to, so you got the, your, uh, the new lineup ish. Yep. Like, you know, uh, Andrew, you, Matt and Dustin. Yeah. So at this point it's, it's the four of us still no bass player. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is leading up to something. Player. Uh, so We're getting to the climax, folks. You know what I, I'm talking about. <laughs> I remember, uh, like we had just finished writing, you're finishing Left for Dead and and painting, and like we were still figuring out like what other sh- songs we were gonna play, and like we decided like to pull off some stuff from like, uh, past lives, current lives, like lives we lived, if I remember right, mm-hmm. along with some of the other stuff like What Doesn't Kill You Maybe and Breathe Again. We played the Hollow and we played Live. Oh, I remember yes. those two the for hollow. sure. The hollow was the one. The hollow was by far the one. Uh, and yeah, we, we played that. We played those five songs live. And the first first show that we had back, like with the new lineup after we had solidified everything, was at the Arlene Francis Center. It was terrible. I was so <laughs> sick that night. You were also incredibly nervous. I was so incredibly nervous. I've it was never been more show. nervous in my life. It was Dustin's legitimate first show. Andrew and I are like seasoned As a veteran. front man? Or? As a front yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, wow. And like, I remember like going in and loading, loading up all my shit into the Arlene and Dustin comes in and he's just like, he's stiff. I'm like, you okay? He's like, I'm just really fucking nervous. I'm like, <laughs> you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. And yeah, I remember it was like, for me, it was a good show, but everybody's got a different perspective on things because I was used to it at this point. Well, you're sitting in the back. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's I'm in like, the front of you. Yeah, exactly. Back. So I, I, you know, Yeah. I think I blocked that one out of my memory. I remember playing a few shows at the Arlene Francis Center. And that one, I'm just like, I can do so much better. I'm just going to ignore that and move on with my that life. That place and is kind of like... single show is going to be better from there. That place is kind of like hit or miss with the sound. It's... Yeah. It, it wasn't it's, even the sound. It was just me. It's got, it's, I, it was just me. It's I, gotten, I could have done so much better. And then I do, you know, it's, now. It was so your first like, show It was ever, my first right? show, it was first show. You get At the same yeah. time, too, this is also when we had Andrew's friend on bass... Uh, the girl bass player. I don't remember her name. Hannah. Thank you. Yeah, Hannah on bass, and she could play bass, but she she didn't have any stage presence. Sadly, well, she didn't play metal. That, she wasn't used too. to it. That too. So, <laughs> oh, that's gotta be awkward. Um, we had fun. We had fun, and it was it was our first show back, and we were just like, for me personally, like I was just stoked to be back and playing in front of a live audience again. Like it was, it but was that rad. was the moment we could say, Hey, we rebooted a here to fall a here to fall is no longer on hiatus. We have yep. a new lineup. We're here. We're playing new music. Let's go. Yeah. And that, that's basically like, that started like, that was the chain reaction that got us into like, you know, a couple other shows like in the air, like out of area. Like we played the boardwalk in Santa Cruz before it closed RIP. Uh, and we played, there's another place in Sacramento. I don't remember what it was called, but we did play in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so we played that show and like it, it was rad. Like we didn't we didn't know anybody there and like obviously we we relied on the locals at that point for that show and like it was great. Sound quality was great. It was a great show. And then at this point we start coming up with like other songs to fill the gap because we were like 
we want to get away from like the old material, like the hollow and lives we lived and breathe again. Like we were ready to like write something different. And with Matt in the band now, like it was just a fucking, like a new door was just like kicked open. Like that guy had so much shit. Like, he still written, does. And he still does. We're still sitting on so much material that we have not turned into music yet. And, like, Matt's a fucking wizard of a guitar player, like, and just had some, like, some shit that just clicked with Andrew and I. And, like, they would eventually become songs like Embers Hollowed and... Um, Generations, Generations, which was then renamed into Bloodlines. Yeah. Uh, Gray. Gray. The, actually, the story behind the name change for uh, Bloodlines has nothing to do with the lyrical content. It's actually the fact that at the time we had five songs and three of them, the name started with the letter G and they're all giving me so much shit that I changed the name of the song. That's actually one of my favorite songs on the new album, by the way. Bloodlines are really... Thanks. Really Thank you. Song. I remember they changed it. it's like track... It's like, yeah, track. but like the, the fucking... John right, John. I was like, why are you changing it? Like, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> Isn't that like the like, second fuck. track on the album? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. that's a good yep. song. <clears throat> yeah, that was a fun one writing it. Like, So um, you had the Battle of the Bands in 2018. Yes. How'd that go? So that show, when Ernest approached us, he's like, I'm doing a battle of the bands. Winner gets basically a music video and gets two songs mixed and mastered and recorded by Nick Patello. And we're like, fuck yeah, we're down. Like, Put us on that show. And like at this point, we had solidified a lot of our material at this point. Like Embers was solidified. Mm -hmm. State of Mind was solidified. Gray and Generations was solidified. Ghost as well. And Ghost as well at this point. Um, we play this show. This wasn't the show that Andrew was like intoxicated at, was he? I don't think it was the show. No, it wasn't the show the, because you weren't there. Because I, was I remember there. I was at. The, I had heard about the show. My my friend uh, Jesse Yen, who was playing with Forty One Ninety Nine at the time, they played the show. But I was at the Scottish Games in Pleasanton. Yes, and uh, so I unfortunately missed it. Getting so, crushed by the mountain. Yeah, that's where, <laughs> that's, where, that's where I met the mountain. Yeah, yeah. So we play this show. And like we play our five songs, but at this point we still don't have a bass player. So like there's not that there's not that bass oomph behind our shit. And I like I love Seth. I don't really know him that well, but I kinda think he took offense to it because <laughs> he's a bass player and he was like one of the judges. Seth of Animus. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So you guys didn't play the show with a bass player. We didn't, time. and we were we were used to that. So you were pulling an injustice for all kind of thing, <laughs> basically. I think Honestly. we backtracked our bass. Wait, on, you know what? Most of the songs. I think we did backtrack it, and that's just it, how we it got was away with there. it. There, we just didn't have someone live playing it uh, yeah. because Andrew just we backtracked it. He, uh, I think it was all MIDI. Pretty sure oh, wow. it wasn't real bass. No, yeah, it was it was definitely MIDI. I've actually heard those tracks. Yeah, those are not real bass. No, exactly. <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> real bass they're 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 not that great. Um, but live, you just got to have it. Yeah. There. I mean, we put on a hell of a show. Like it, the show was rad. And then, uh, we were, we were the first, we were the openers, weren't we? No, we played, we played right in the middle. Okay. Um, I want to say we played second or third. We and were, then I think 4199 we played after, after us, us and then size played was last. After that. Yeah. So yeah, 4199 had like the perfect slot and they were like the beat down group in the area at the time yeah. so they brought in like all the fucking rowdy crowd and the rowdy kids from rancho and like had a killer performance and a killer set side had a killer set and then at the end of it it was left to basically uh, a number of votes with you know how people took it and who they thought won 
and like so the results come out that night. The results came out that night. We had the crowd vote for sure. I remember that because like we were we were we were hitting up people that weren't even at the show. Like go vote for here to fall. <laughs> we kind of cheated a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry. I remember like texting my family and like. I come from a Mexican family, so I've got a lot of fucking. Cousins. <laughs> yeah, so I have the whole at least clan, the whole twenty group. siblings. Yeah, I've got at, at least. least I've got at least twenty cousins, so they all voted. So that you know definitely what's weird? helped. Real, it's totally off topic, but like you know, my dad's Puerto Rican, and like the Puerto Rican side, everyone had like two kids, three. My dad's a you know youngest child of three. You know, it's a small for a Latino family. Whereas my fucking mom's dad had 16 children. Yeah. Eight with God. two different women. Yeah. Catholicism, man. I don't know. Yeah. I've got, <laughs> yeah, my, my grandma had five kids, so I'm, I'm used to it. And then of course my aunt and uncles all had like kids of their own. So like. It's a big family. It's like one know. of those vote for Pedro moments where you get your whole family. Like, <laughs> Basically. You got, you got your cousins pulling up in the fucking uh, in the Here to fall on the fucking low rider. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, so honestly, looking looking back at like any live show that I've played, like my family's always been there. Somebody from my family's already yep. always been there. Yep. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I love your family. Yeah. Like, Thank you. Like I, like, I remember the, the last three-step drop gig we played. I think it was your graduation It party? was my graduation, graduation party. Graduation party, yeah. And you, you're a couple years older than me, so was, I was just getting out of sophomore yep. year. You were graduating as a senior. And, dude, it was huge. There yeah. was so many people. There, there was, was so much food. Yeah. Oh, it was a good party. That's the best part of it. I was very <laughs> sober because I was 16, but it was a damn good party. <laughs> so yeah I, I i wouldn't be where i'm at today without the support of like my family and that that goes for like anything outside the band shout out to john's well. family love you i love you too <laughs> guzman really wants food by the way I was I was really say, it's about the food or is it about it's, the it's, love of the well, family it's, it's mostly Both. the love of the family but it's also the food it's also the- <laughs> uh, so anyways we we play the show we get we get the crowd vote and like we're like, oh, we, we fucking did it. And then the announcement comes. Like, we're like, basically, I think it's Casey. Yeah, Casey was there. Casey was there, and he was the one who announced it. And he went up and basically was like, all right, so like we're just going to cut to it. And the winners of the Battle of the Bands is forty one ninety nine. Might as well run up to 42. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he say that? No, no. I, that, oh. that, that, that's, my, that's my inside joke with forty one ninety nine. I'm like, just round up to 42. You know, it's funny when I worked at Calsteam for a while. Um, there's, uh, you know, our, our Kohler products are like it's always K dash something, and mm-hmm. one of the toilet bowls was a K dash forty one ninety nine. So I took a picture and sent it to Jesse. I'm like, "Cause your band shit." <laughs> <laughs> that belongs in the Which toilet. Which I was kidding. Forty one ninety nine is a good band, but I, I actually filled in for them uh, in early twenty twenty for a show. But anyways, so anyways, they 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 beat us by. I think two points. Yeah, so I ended up talking to Casey privately later, and he told us that out of 110 points, 41.99 scored like 106, and we scored like 104. Damn. It was it was that close, fucking wow. close. And I honestly think it's because we didn't have a bass player. <laughs> it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, and that was that. But we it just was... played a show for Casey a few weeks ago, so we're still on great terms. Oh, that's with the, the guy that's from Cupertino. Yep. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's the same guy. Okay. Yeah, so that's the same he, guy. he works for Pinup Productions, and yeah, so. We're still we're still in good contact. Nice. Yep. Um. So, anyways, we play that show, and like, I think we we got a lot of good good vibes from it, and got a lot of good f- new fans out of it as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like, I remember meeting new people at that show. We made a lot of new f- friends at that show, and that was that was basically what got us to uh, the following show. After that, was again at the Phoenix, and this was the show where Anthony finally gets asked to be in the band because. Hey. We're like, we need a fucking bass player. And I'm like, all right, I know this guy, and I've known him since high school, 
but he's a fucking guitar player and he's fucking great at guitar playing. But I don't know if he's going to want to be bass. Like, I feel like he's going to be like, fuck you. Bass sucks. Go and that's fuck exactly yourselves. what I said. Like, fuck you. <laughs> bass sucks. Go fuck yourself. No. Um, so then we put out some music and Anthony just got so jealous that he just hit us back up again. Uh, I don't true. know, man. It's true. So is, that, is that how it happened? So, <laughs> so it happened in my mind. So here's what happened. So I, I bought a bass um, because I was tracking a lot of stuff at home, just kind of my own personal stuff. And, you know, you want to hear how bass kind of sound. You want to, you know, behind everything. And, and, you know, I've also been learning how to write as a bass player lately, which is very different from writing a, as a guitar player. And so I bought a bass. I think I posted about it on Instagram. And John, you hit me up. You're like, hey, you want to join a band? I was like, oh, man, I'm good. I, I'm just too too busy. That was the main thing. It's like nothing against Hero to Fall. It was just too busy. Well, you were also trying to get into like your acting stuff. Like you Let's were... see, 2018, what was I doing then? I was just getting ready to start my YouTube channel. Um, and I know yeah, I kind of staggered that. my way through that in, in 2018 to 19. Um, and I was like, I was powerlifting at the time, like yeah. five, five, six days a week. I was, I was uh, doing play. I was just doing it for fun. I was doing like some MMA just for fun, and like was really getting into exercising. And and I was working forty plus hours a week. And I'm just like, I just don't have time for a band. And and I th- was it Tempest? I think no, Tempest was already over at that point. But so I, I posted about the bass, and and you're like, hey, we need a bass player. You want to join? I was like, oh man, I'm I'm good. I can't. I'm just too busy. And and then I don't know what happened. I think I saw. I, I think I decided to look you guys up. I think you did. Yeah. And I remember like. It was like a couple days went by. Yeah. And like, oh, was it only a couple days? I, I mean, it, it was either a couple days or like a week. Okay. Something like that. And I just remembered like you texted me out of the blue, like, yo, I'm in. And I was like, what, what are you talking, what are you talking about? I'm what? He's like, you bass for here to fall. Yeah. I was count, like, yeah, you still, you still need a bass player? Uh, so yeah. you really weren't convinced in, until you heard them. Yeah. Well, it had been so long since I had heard you guys play. I think <laughs> that like I, you released a song, I think in 2015. Uh, and well, I think one of you, which one of the EPs was out, maybe one of the albums was out. But you'd point. probably heard something off what doesn't kill you beforehand. Yeah. And, and I, because I, that was the one getting the most plays. And I anything. saw that Botello mixed it and I was like, this is fucking good. And then I, you know, forgot about it. Life gets in the way. Yeah. And then fast forward to 2018. And then, you know, I, I, I decided to look you guys up and I'm like, you know, I'm listening to left for dead and, and the newer stuff. And, and then like some of the older EP shit, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> this is good. I was like, <laughs> Okay, I want to audition. I want. I want to just give it a shot. And like, I had a lot of ideas, you know, for vocal harmonies and stuff. And to because at, at this point, Dustin, you were screaming, and yep. Andrew went Andrew. from screaming to doing singing. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Andrew would only scream like for like in s- s- like certain parts. Yeah. But it was yeah. mainly just doing mostly clean, clean vocals. vocals. Yeah. So yeah, I decided to you know hit you up, and then you know I think you I had like a week or two. Yeah, we sent you the songs or something like that, and then it was like, all right, we're gonna go to the co-op, and yeah. that's like. No, it was your parents' house. Was it my parents' yeah. place? We, it was. So there's your living room, and there's that other little room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my, my actual room that was. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it's like that's... we went back to the children's room, whatever the fuck. <laughs> so the children's <laughs> room. Yeah, so... it, was, dude, it was. It was. It wasn't the same room, but it was the same room. It would have been funnier if it was the same room. With my, I know that would be with my boy John. It, it, it had. I was feeling hella nostalgic at that audition. I was like, dude, this is cool. Now John has a beard. He didn't have that back then. I have a beard. <laughs> we can have beards together. No, but uh, hey, uh, your, your, your family's bringing over some food later, right? I'm like, hey, there, there <laughs> well, was no food. I was I was disappointed by that. There was no there was no Benitez food. Well, I yeah. almost left. There was only <laughs> there was only snacks. Uh, that's, that's all it. I ever needed, though. The majority of the old practices were just give me those Oreos and I think goldfish. So my sister is ten years younger than me. So at this point in time, like she's like twelve or thirteen. 
so like yeah the house is loaded with goldfish and fruit by the foot and all that stuff and like mm. that that's just what we had and like anthony you were just all fucking about it <laughs> i don't know man i like to pig out but yeah he does so, that shit he comes over to my my old place and he did that she's like man you got any chips or you yeah. always had chips and candy well my mom always stopped up on that shit all the time <laughs> your mom knows oh anthony's coming yeah, over she gotta does. feed him yeah but um she's such a she wants me to be fat <laughs> all, all moms do <laughs> all moms want you she's to like, eat this eat this um but you know and so like yeah i remember i, I came in with you guys and and uh, you know, I didn't have a bass amp at the time. I was I was running. You know, I had a, a shitty bass amp sim on my pod, and then I was running it through my. You were running through a, method, gu- through a guitar. A guitar amp, yeah, I remember stack. that. And it's you know it's not great for a guitar amp, but like you know it's it's I, we made it work, and, and we didn't. I was like kind of nervous too, yeah. but like I tried to learn what I could, and 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 had some. I don't think we. I don't think I did vocals at that point because um, I don't think there was another mic. But yeah, then you welcomed me in right then and there. Yeah, we're just like, all right, well, so we have the show. Are you are you down? And you you were game. Yeah. So and you know you practice the songs on your own most of the time. Like we only ran through it like that one time, and then maybe a couple times before the show, if I remember right. We we had so we did the audition, which I think we ran a few songs twice. Yep. And then, oh, but well, I, by the way, I was kind of sick for that audition. I didn't I'd, I'd fucking gone, know. I'd gone to karaoke the night before, and I was getting a cold as it was coming. I think it was more of a body thing because like I think mm. the next day it was gone. Yeah. Um. But like, I remember like I like showed up, I woke up, I'm like, man, I'm exhausted, kind of sick. Oh man, I have an audition. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, like we did that. And then I think we had like maybe three or four practices because that was, I think in December and that, and the, and the show was in 2019, March, 2019. Something oh, like, so we had yeah. some time. We had some time. Because yeah. this wasn't, that's when we actually got ghost together. We got ghost ready for that show. Yes. I remember that. You know what? I think he's right. Because we had just figured out the guitar ending part to it, and he came up with the the Damn. ending breakdown. So we actually didn't play Ghost at, at the Battle, the of, the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. Okay, you're right. I stand corrected. So maybe yeah. if he was with you at that show, you would have won. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> See, we, all we needed was a fucking bass player. You just needed player. an actual bass. Oh, no, all you needed was an Anthony Guzman. Oh, fuck player. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, but, we could bring up how many times you left the band hey, after you joined. Listen, but, uh, listen, I'm bipolar, all right? <laughs> I'm moody. But um, no, yeah, folks. Uh, there was there's a couple. I, I I was completely honest about this first part. The first time I left the band was because everything. We played our 2019 show, my first show, and then everything just stopped. So and we Andrew left the country. So and yeah. I went. The what's going on with the band? <laughs> so we 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 had this like I call it. We call it the A Hero to Fall curse, and it's usually after we haven't played a show for a very long time. And we play a show, and it's fucking rad. And we headlined and then, that and show too. We headlined this show. Yeah, that was fucking. That that is, that was sick. I think that was the first. That was your first show. First show with you guys, but yeah. I think that was my first show I've ever headlined at the Phoenix with any project. I think. Yeah. I don't think Tempest ever headlined. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and double check, but that was cool. It you was got, awesome. And there was a shit ton of people. Yeah. yeah. There was a shit ton yeah. of people there, and like. I remember, like, something happened. Somebody got sick. Like, somebody got sick because that's just what fucking happened. And then what would end up happening is, like, we were like, oh, yeah, so we just played a show. All right, we're going to take this week from practice off. And then that week would turn into a basically, like, three months of no practice because life. Yeah. Life just had a fucking way of, like, getting to everybody. Like, either Dustin was busy or I was busy working or Andrew was busy going to Japan or some shit. But it just, it just like nothing, nothing like nothing was, 
nothing was happening at this point. Yeah. So at this point, you were just like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Because yeah, that was my thing. I'm like, we played a show and then everything just stopped. And, and I, I'm sure I had stuff going on at the time. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out just because I, 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 I've got other shit. No offense, but I didn't see it going anywhere. And I was <laughs> right. like, all right, well, I'm going to dip. And then I joined it up again in 2020, and then uh, yeah, this was this was before COVID happened. Yeah, we played. You played your second show, with and us. I was sick as fuck, probably with COVID. Oh yeah, this I is, was this super is, sick. So that show. you were sick. Andrew was fucking wasted because he was in his party mode at this point, yeah. and like was just fucking trashed beforehand. And like I remember, like he came, he came, I don't know, an hour after load in. And I think he interacted with you first, and he was just, like, tanked off of his mind. Yeah, so he... I feel bad for even, like, saying this in a recording setting. I talked to him for, like, five minutes. He turns around. He walks over to the corner of the back area behind the Phoenix and just vomits. Based oh, me. And I'm that's, like, a, that's a real rock star like, right there. Right. You show up to the show drunk. You throw up. <laughs> and then dude. at that point, I just... I was, I was pissed. I was like, dude, like, we're headlining this show. Like, you're fucked. And I'm like, you gotta... I'm like... Mike, we got we gotta go to the store. He's like, what do we have to go to the store for? I'm like, <laughs> Mike, we gotta get you Gatorade, bro. We gotta get you hydrated so you can perform. And like, I basically babied him the rest of that evening. And yeah. Anyways, now, it was know, it was a good show. Yeah, one of the things I like to do, I like to do this before shows. Generally, I haven't gotten a chance to do it lately, but I like to, and I did this before our first two Phoenix shows together. Is it's like load in, get settled. And then I just go across the street and have Italian food and drink wine, and I'm just quiet. Uh, Volpe's? Volpe's, yeah. yeah. I was I, about I, to well, say that. I generally like to do that before shows. It's like get there and just and just get away from the whole idea of metal and show and just decompress and just be calm. And I mm. love doing that before shows. I don't like to necessarily like close myself off from people, but it's just like, hey, I'm going to just go hang out. And I think that was the first... Uh, my first show with you guys, I really got to get to know Matt you, because he's like, I'm going to come with you. And yeah, you, you guys did that and were like... We're, where the fuck is everybody? And then you guys came back with Italian. You're like, oh yeah, we were at the Italian place, like across the street, and like we had we have a Sauvignon Blanc that we had. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was and great. And the the lazy vocalist that I am, you know, the one that never helps load anything in, or you know, has any of the uh, gear. You guys are all the same. Uh, I end up babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> all the same. I know from experience, you guys. You're, are talking, you're talking to two drummers, up, Dustin. I just end up ba- babysitting the merch the entire night. So I'm just sitting there alone, like, where is everybody? Meanwhile, like, I'm the guy that, like, at a show, I'm the one, like, I'll be in the crowd watching, like, looking at my imaginary wristwatch, being like, all right, we got an hour till we're on stage. I got to make sure everybody's here. (laughs) And then, all right, we have 30 minutes until we're on stage. Which, with the right members, is never a problem. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't wasn't necessarily a problem. I was just always that guy. And honestly, I'm still kind of that guy now. No, I can imagine you you going around going, all right, we got this one guy thrown up behind the building. We got another (laughs) fucking guy at an Italian restaurant over here. God knows what the fuck he's eating. Where is he? (laughs) I'm 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 drinking fucking wine. You know, we're having some ravioli. Leave me the fuck alone, Anthony. You're on stage in half hour. Hey, fuck stage. Fuck you. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got three members checked. Dustin's at merch. Cool, and I'm right here. All right, we're all here. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, that's just that's just how it was. And then like right when I, I remember, I do this every single time. Any any time a band is like right about to be done, I'm like oh yeah, this is our last song, and I go find everybody. I'm like all right, last song. Let's, let's go, go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go prep our shit. Which at this show specifically, when you went around to go find that Andrew. Uh, Anthony and I were already in the back doing vocal warm-ups. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, we're, we're all we're is just this there. The second show that I did. This yeah. is the second yeah. show. Yeah, that was I mean, we, show. Did, we did vocal warmups before both of them. Do you I feel because like you are like say the OG member of the band, like you are sort of like the mother figure in a way to like the other band members <laughs> no, he's because the, he's the abuelo. because i mean i'm, I'm saying like no, no no i got you i got you i know what yeah. you mean there 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 was this nickname that started like when when andrew was still in the band and he would always call me papa john <laughs> just to oh, make fun of me that's because great. it's a fucking pizzeria. i think it's also personality based though yeah I'm like i'm very similar to you in that why does he call yeah. you papa murphy's uh, right. That too, right? <laughs> no, I mean, that because that means he's not cooked. I would he's ra- raw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Papa, jo- Papa John's aren't they? They're not cooked, cooked either. That's they are. Cooked. Oh, they're yeah. cooked. Yeah, Papa Murphy's, yeah. Papa Murphy's is raw and take it home and okay. cook it yourself. Yeah, because they're too lazy which to fucking kinda, do it is, themselves. It's kind of wholesome though. Like get a bunch of pizzas, you go home and have like a pizza cooking party, and I used to do that and boil up. Anyways, yeah, but you're already hungry at that point. You're making them hungry right now. Thirty minutes per pie, you know. Exactly. So, anyways, Papa Murphy's. He dubbed me. He dubbed me Papa John. Okay. At this point <laughs> and like on tour it was funny because i was always the guy with the fucking eye mask like sleeping because if if, if this is a sleeping habit of mine if i like if there's any light at all when i'm sleeping i will not be able to sleep oh, I, know. I honestly i've been wearing guys. eye masks the last couple of years i so. wear an eye really mask. you wear it every I, night i brought uh i don't wear it at night i wear it if i'm sleeping in which is a lot of the time because i get up at 10 o'clock because i work in a restaurant and I, I don't normally normally work mornings thank god hashtag yeah. diva yeah that's true oh, beauty man. sleep man you gotta rest the voice but uh and these beautiful gorgeous eyes anyway so you know it's 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 like if i'm sleeping in i'm like oh it's 6 7 a.m and the lights are on all right then i throw the mask on yeah, but I, if I used to try to sleep through it all night, it would slip off and then fall under. The I bed. just sleep with it the entire time, yeah. and like I just, I just did that. And like on tour, it was a fucking lifesaver. Like if if any bands are on tour, get yourself a fucking eye mask and sleep with it. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, I yeah, he, he's like, oh yeah, they started calling me princess. I was like, whatever. Yeah, I slept, <laughs> I slept with an eye mask on. I got better sleep than everybody else did. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I mean, with me being the OG, it's just kind of like. And kind of the oldest one in the group, like I just kind of like took on that role, and it's just been that way ever since. It's like you got a checklist; everyone needs to be. Yeah, this like and... I, I kind of like I don't mind being that guy because like I don't mind corralling people together, especially when I'm... they're just buddies of mine. Yeah, and I'm also happy to do that as well. Yeah, also like... I'm pretty sure we're the only two people in the band that have management experience in real life. <laughs> so like. <laughs> Yeah, there is that. It's so just, it's just a mindset that you get into, and it's like, all right, let's go, let's do this. Like, get everyone together. Let's be on time. Let's backline. Let's do yeah. what we need to do to make this yeah. the best possible show for everybody involved, both in the crowd, on stage, and the people running the show. Let's just make it easy. It's yeah. honestly that's honestly what I heard falls all about is just making it easy, not only on ourselves but like everybody else. Like, if you, if you go play a show, like we played shows like away, and like we know we're the out of towners, and like we want to make it as easy as possible for like the promoters or the other bands that are hosting us. When we get to a show that, especially that one that's not local, I will always introduce myself to the promoter. I'll say, grab me if you need anything. Just let, let us know what you need from us to make your life as easy as possible. You know, I every was, time I was saying, I think I was telling you guys this recently that, um, uh, you guys are like the business side of the band. Dustin, John, you, mm-hmm. you guys we are, are, we are now. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, I mean, I've, I've, you know, since I've been in the band, it's always like, all right, you guys are booking the shows, you're getting the stuff together. And without going into detail, you're dealing with any legal stuff that might be, you know, getting in the way. And so, um, yeah, yeah you're just the looks, right? And I'm just the looks. <laughs> Feel See, free to pitch in and help at any point in time. <laughs> I have an alcohol <laughs> habit. Okay. I have a drinking habit. I have a, listen, man, I have a fucking problem. All I right. just, that's also, that's got also an Italian just, food problem. Uh, keeps yeah. Honestly, that's just in my personality is like 
my work habit and work ethic is just like I want to get it done and I want to get it done right. So I'm just gonna fucking take care of it yeah. and spearhead it. Like, but as we were talking about in Cupertino, a hero to fall is like a mullet. Oh yes, yes I love. Did you? Who said that? It was me. Was it you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and you basically said it's just like oh, uh, yeah. me, Bo, and Matt are the uh, no. Party. You guys are the business up front, and we are the party, party in the, the back. back. <laughs> and I love it. I love that. So especially it's me and Matt are definitely in the party in the back with our fucking hair and beard. That is the truth. That's funny. <laughs> What's funny is Matt, like for me, is like in between because he's the fucking muscle in the group. Oh, <laughs> Matt, for those of you guys who don't know who he is, he is a is a, I don't want to call him a meathead, but he he is a is a gym fucking like motherfucker like he's when i first met him he's like i'm cutting and he gets a bodybuilder bod no steroids just just lean and cut buff as shit and now he's bulky and looks like he can crush you with his bare fucking hands his nickname (laughs) is hulk for those who don't know (laughs) yeah he's he's the man but so yeah we play our last show uh in 2020 in January and then COVID hits and you know for those who live in on planet earth you know how that went so um, yeah the, the COVID hit and like we didn't know what the fuck was going on and like this is like Anthony's obviously second show in and like sees that we're trying to do it again and like we at this point like we start talking about recording an album like that had come up we'd and been talking we'd, we'd about been recording t- honestly we had been we'd... talking about it for a long time but like life has a funny way of getting in the way of a lot of things that, I remember we were having uh, Facebook like kind of Zoom meetings. Yes. And I remember <laughs> I came out of the shower. I'm half naked. I'm ready to eat. I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> you're like, yeah, we're having a discussion about whether we're going to continue the band. I went, oh. Oh, you're you're, get, you're getting like way ahead right oh. now. Well, I mean, at this point, like. You're not, not, not way ahead. Not that's, a lot. Not a lot not, happened. It's, yeah. Right? It's just like the, the we do our show and then COVID hits and then like, you know. So the, what the funny thing is, is before all this happened, like. There was a point in time, I remember, it was right when we were, like, really solidifying Embers Hollowed. Like, Andrew had reached a point where we hadn't we hadn't recorded anything or, like, done anything, and, like, he was getting ready. To- in his defense, too, he sent us, like, three songs that me and Dustin didn't do shit for. Okay, in my defense, <laughs> yes, I was <laughs> attempting to set things up at home to record vocals at home. Like, you know, getting pads to... Um, to record. To, to block the, the sound and getting this microphone over here that we're not using because of whatever uh <laughs> and, you know and, and sending audio recording equipment at home so that i could record this stuff and then COVID hit and my roommate and their newborn child were home 24 7 i literally could not record vocals from home yeah. nope there was no way that was going to happen i got laid off from work furloughed for three months and we were all just home 24 7 you, doing you, you know what work is actually when the baby starts screaming then you it, go then and you do your record right, right, record right. really quick <laughs> If you mask it, you'd be like, if you listen really carefully, you can hear baby cries on the album. (laughs) You're you're that type of. So in my defense, I couldn't. Yeah. Honestly, none of us knew what the fuck was going on. We're just like, there's, there's this shit hitting the fan. None of us know what to do. Dustin, you're furloughed. I'm furloughed. So I'm like, I kept working. You kept working. And I was, I was going ham in my YouTube channel at that point. At that point, it was just like, I'm like YouTube channel. And at that point I was on a keto diet. And so I was just doing that. And, uh, so like but even before all this before the covid before all this stuff like when we were writing embers i remember this like distinctly like andrew was getting ready to he was like almost done like and wanted to leave 
because I think he wanted to go join like the military or something. I don't remember. But anyways, he was just like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. And like, I don't think I want to do it anymore. Like, dude, you have to like, we're, we're like writing some stuff and like, we're going to go record and all this stuff. And like, that didn't happen because life has just, again, a funny way of getting in the way of everything. Yeah. Like, so flash forward to 2020, like, you know, we play the show like in, was that February? Yeah, it was a February. Oh, January. It was like a few days after New Year's, I remember. Yeah, it was like it was like a first show in 2020. Show goes well. And like five of the songs that are on the album are solidified at this point. Like done for the most part. We play a show. COVID happens. And we can't do shit. Like we're locked down. So we start trying to figure out like, all right, well, how the fuck are we going to continue this? And like, we don't really, we don't really know. Like we, so at some point when I think the lockdown kind of lightened up a little bit, this was like maybe four, four weeks after it happened, we decided to like, all right, let's, let's start trying to record and put an album together. And like, what we'll do is we'll send it off to Nick Patello and he can mix and master it. And everything's going to be recorded like on Andrew's end. Uh, and then he's going to send it off to Nick and that's that. So we do all that. Like we, we set aside one, one day for recording at one point to start state of mind. State of mind was the official first song that Mm -hmm. we had began recording, uh, for the new album. And it was rough. Like I remember, (laughs) I remember recording in my little spare room where we practice at and Andrew had like a two, like a, an interface that only had like two mics to it. So we had to record drums like two pieces at a time. So like a snare and bass drum, and wow. then two toms. And then you were literally trying to do drums too, not just guitar. Yes. So oh. the drums were the first thing that we did. And oh, we, wow. I had to do it two pieces at a time. Yep. That's like, fucking awful. It was, yep. yeah. It fucking, I mean, I mean props for trying, but yeah, damn, that it, sucks. It, it fucking sucked. So like we got it done and like it came out okay, but like everything was still rough. Like the recordings were rough. Like Matt just, of course, like fucking plugged in and that's that. And, like, was able to record rough guitar tracks. And, like, Andrew had already, like, come up with, like, an intro that we were going to use as a whole. And then his guitar parts. And then eventually, like, it blossomed into this, like, rough recording of what State of Mind kind of sounds like now. And then, yeah, so we do that. And then I think, a, like, your, Dustin, your schedule changed at work. Like, you got, you got unfurloughed. I got yep. unfurloughed. And then because of the fact that COVID was still a thing, my hours at work were dramatically changed from yep. I'm no longer off on specific Tuesdays and when, or Wednesdes and Thursdays. And now I have to, I only have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off, but that doesn't work for Andrew because he's got church or some shit and Dustin doesn't, it doesn't work for Dustin because he's on a new fucking management schedule. Yep. So like all these, all these like outside, you know, outside forces like keep us from actually meeting like physically getting together and like anthony you were working at the time like your schedule didn't work with it either and same with matt so like nobody's schedule works during this point and three months or so go by maybe it was a while it was a while like we'd started the process in march so yeah like may-ish sometime in may like we had still kept in communications and all this stuff. Like Andrew, I remember was just 
like he messes us as a group and it's like hey so i think we need to talk about the future of the band and like that's when we did get that's when we get into this whole saga yeah um yeah so i basically remember coming in and into the phone call and we'll we'll um how do i put this we'll simplify it we don't need to go into everything that happened in that chat but um yeah, basically, I come in and, you know, I'm initially being silly and being my normal goofy self. And you guys are like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we might end the band. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to calm the fuck down now and just and just listen. I'm gonna Let go, me comb my hair. and be I'm going to go put pants on me, really quick. Yeah. <laughs> and so, unfortunately. I got to get dry. Let me dry off. Unfortunately, by the end of that chat, uh, Andrew had departed from A Hero to Fall. Whether we actually knew it or not. Because of the military? No, no, that uh, was the, that was the first time something okay. outside yeah, but yeah. this time around. Like he was like seriously done. And I think he was just done, done. Yeah. And like we, we were just like, well, not everybody was at that chat. Matt wasn't at that one. So we're like, OK, well, let's. Re- can- yeah, yeah, it was. I don't. So the first time we talked, Anthony and Matt weren't there. Oh, so it was actually it was so, actually like the second oh, okay, it was like okay. the second like, time that we talked talk, that everyone so was there. The first talk or uh, Andrew's like, oh, I don't want to do the band anymore. And like yada 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 and basically like then we have a couple other chats one of which you you come in um and i think you weren't at the other one somebody wasn't at the other one there was we went through like four chats where not everybody was in attendance and because of that we kept prolonging andrew's exodus because like the entire group wasn't together like there wasn't like a group consensus on. regardless we ended up having a full conversation he left the band yes exactly that's the bottom line Yeah. yeah And so, and I remember that's when the idol stuff started for me. Yes. I started going through the whole process of idol and this and that. And then when I came back, we started to record the album. And then, uh, so the reason why I left again is because I was, and I guess this is probably news to any fans of mine that might be listening. I was trying to find myself and figure out what the hell I was doing after idol. Cause going from being this, you know, the metalhead that I've been my entire life to be like, oh, like you're a pop guy now, but you're also an edgy Viking dude. And so you had to make that work. And I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know if Hero is going to equate into that. And I don't know if I'm even going to play metal anymore. Props to you for doing all that. Yeah. And so it was you, very... You know, funny thing is when you talked about that um, real quick, uh, people, friends of mine, when I brought up the fact that, you know, you did what you did with the, the idle stuff, we're not going to get into that because we already covered it. Um, was like, why did he do the Viking thing? I was like, because they told them to. And they're like, why would they do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 what what some people wanted me to go as, and it was also my idea too. Was like, oh yeah, you know, and and like I said, I want to make this about me, but it's like like you know, oh, you're boy. gonna be oh, oh, oh fuck you, it's my podcast. All right, get out. No, um, but uh, no. So like, my thing was like, oh yeah, you're you're gonna be like kind of like a pop artist, but you're gonna be edgy. It made you stand out. Yeah. Is what it did. Of course yeah. it did. And yeah. so it's it's like, okay, like an edgy pop artist. They have those. And so I was like, okay, I don't know if Hero equates into that. And uh, I don't even, and you know, personal stuff in my life I won't go into. That was also kind of keeping me from being able to focus on a band. And so um, I departed again after recording. Uh, I've, oh, believe it or not, folks, I'm only on five of those 10 songs. Um, <laughs> the other five, yep. the other five, uh, is, uh, is fake bass. So the first five songs really? we recorded. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So bloodlines, 
Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually I'm technically, on, I'm technically on six. I, I do bass for five, and then I sing on mass. You're Correct. on a majority yeah. of the album. Yeah, right. Just I'm on sixty percent of the album, and I'm happy so with half that. is Anthony, half's a robot. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> yeah, just con- you just put different contributions. In yeah, there. and not, I'm not going to tell you which songs are fake bass. You're going to figure that out on your own. Ooh. Yeah, but uh. um, but basically, long story short, for me, uh, let's just tell my side of it is. Uh, getting to now is that, you know, uh, life happens the way it does. I say, fuck this. I want to play metal. I don't like, I'll figure out my other shit later. I want to fucking play metal. And you guys are like, Hey, we got some more stuff to record and we're going to be playing a show. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to commit to being in the band. Cause I don't want to be an asshole. But uh, after doing the photo shoots, after doing other things and getting the album released and whatnot. Well, the I, show was, the show was our, our album release show, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what the I December, thought. The December 2021 show. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly just happy to be back because uh, f- through other projects I was trying to get done, I realized I'm like, oh wow, it's very difficult. That to was find. a good show, by the way. I just wanted to make a note of that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. We we were very excited to play. A lot that of show. people there too. Yeah, yeah. It so stoked. The house on it. down, wall of death, and thanks was, yeah. thanks to everybody and anybody who came out to that show. Yeah. It means a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you know, I the other thing about you guys, and I really appreciate that, and this goes into the whole you guys are the business side is that I get to work with four other musicians who got their shit together and show up to practice and play the music and write when they're not at practice and just getting them to come to practice, let alone writing something outside of practice. And and it's like, so that's the other thing too. And so, you know, I, I, I I love you guys. We love you too. I think, I think the big thing is what, what, what I think, for I me, what, now I gotta leave again. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, and uh, I'm gonna make an announcement. I quit. I'm also leaving the country just as an extra yeah. fuck you. Well, the there goes that. <laughs> square one again. I sound great on the album, but <laughs> I think that I think that's the big thing with like being in a band is just like you you get what you put into it as in like as with life. Yeah. But like that's 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 the thing is like for a lot of for like. I can't speak for the other guys, but for me, it's just like, I do take this seriously, but I also just enjoy doing it. Right. And for me, it's definitely about like the people that I'm hanging out with and creating, you know, this, this music stuff with. And at the end of the day, that's what I enjoy doing. And, you know, it's a routine for me as well. And I say that in a good way, not like, Oh fuck, I got my nine to five job kind of thing. Like it's, it's, it's part of my, my life routine, which is, it just breaks up life. Yeah. Cause I, you know, also being a musician, it was like, if you're really having like a shit day or something like, you're like, fuck dude, I just hate the world right now. And you go to band practice and you forget about everything yep. that entire time. Or at least you take your, as you, as a drummer, you take all your aggression. Oh yeah. Out I beat on the drums, like, fucking shit out of my set. Beating the fuck out of everything. Days. And like, Oh my God, I feel so much better now. So yeah, you know, that's, that was something that in 2020, you know, and I told this story already, is that, you know, the world shuts down and the only thing that kind of kept me going and kept me uh, productive was music, whether it's my YouTube channel, American Idol, or working with you guys. And like, you know, there was a lot of stress in my life leading up to the audition and Idol and everything that went with that. And I would go to Brian James' house, a.k.a. Deebs, and we would just shout work out. on... Shout out to Deebs. Uh, fuck, man, you're, you're like one of the main reasons I got to Idol, dude. You're producing my music at the time. That's how they found me. So I love you. Thank you. Um, but it, it's like... <laughs> this like, is not about Anthony, everybody. Just it's let not, you know. It's not. <laughs> but it, like the, one of the cool things was just like, you know, you're having a really tough time. You know, you're having a rough week. And you're just like, I, I, I'm just going to go to Deebs' and record. And just going to record, or in our case, going to band practice, it's, it's so therapeutic. And yes. like, for me, especially as, you know, someone who wants to make this... A, 
his full-time gig it's like yeah like music to me it's it's not it's not just yeah i have fun with my homies and play the weekends like no this is my life this is the only thing that's kept me out of fucking jail and that's kept me alive and that is that is music not, that is not hyperbole i i would have been a fucking criminal or dead if i didn't find music and that is a fact say the same thing for you dustin right absolutely look at him look at him look at that face he could kill anyone at any moment it's it's that microphone that keeps him keeps him sane hey I gotta take my aggression out somehow I just yell um, at people really cover (laughs) the new album uh, uh, the new album ambivalence ambivalence Um, so I just um, so when I first heard the album actually I started really listening to it over the last few days and when i started playing the album i kind of got a really like i'm sure like every time you're in a band someone says oh you guys sound like these guys you sound like this guy mm-hmm. um i got like a really uh like the bands that kind of remind me of the sound that you guys are playing with was like uh, you know we came as romans or august burns red or something like that i was like dude this, this is some good shit and the recording is gonna tell anthony like the, the just it's good it's it's a fucking great album. You know, I was telling some people because I mean, I've only I wrote my bass parts and I helped arrange Ghost and I wrote and I helped with melodies, but I don't like to say that I really wrote a lot. And I would tell my friends this: I'm like, you know, I d- almost didn't write anything on this album, and I fucking you were it. saying that. And <laughs> well, I fucking love, like you know, because normally this is bias. It's like you know, you yeah, you, you wrote it, so you're like, yeah, bro. But it's like I didn't write a fucking thing. They said play this, sing that. I went okay, and it was just like it sounds but so good. It's, it's that's the thing. That's just kind of the mindset that we have as a, as a group. And for me, when I look at who's contributed what on whatever song, whether it's big or small, it's just like you contributed to it. And now it's it's just it's it's everybody's it's a party. Like, it is. It's, it's it not really like is. it's not like oh you wrote ten percent. So uh, legally speaking, it's everyone's too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different but, story. Yeah. And it, like that's that's the big thing. Like if anything, if life has taught, like you know, you could have a different perspective on this, Anthony or Dustin. But like for me, like the last like the shitstorm that we had back in twenty twenty when um, all that was hitting the fan. Like I think the bigger picture we took away from that is like we're writing this as a group for the group and everybody's parts are basically equal no matter how small or how big. Yeah. And like, that's kind of like, um, something we strive for nowadays. And like, it's, it's, it's good. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I love the most about working with you guys is, yeah, we're all serious musicians. And I tell people all the time that I'm the absolute least talented person in the band because everybody else is so freaking good that like, I, I'm not, I I'm not yell. a great musician. I'm just here. <laughs> I just yell at people like, don't worry about me. No, really like everybody's so flexible. Somebody says, well, while we're writing music, someone's like, Hey, try this, try that. Hey, I like that riff. Maybe try this to it. We just experiment and we have fun and we, all appreciate each other as, as people and we're all friends and so when somebody gives input we're happy to listen to that input it's not yeah cringe- that's amazing it's not constructive it's, criticism it's like, or go ahead i was gonna say it's like being in a band is like being in a marriage in it a way kind of it's is. true it's, in a polygamous and like there, there's gonna be somebody who takes something the wrong way and it's like it's, it's hard to it's good to meet and play music with people that are on the same level. Exactly. Because if it's like someone you're writing a riff and that person goes, I, I didn't write that. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, you gotta be more open-minded because if I've been in bands where people weren't open-minded and they're just like, ah, oh, dude, that's just like too heavy or something. Just like, ah, 
It just depends on the, the person, fuck, honestly. Like, like, come on, just be a little bit more open-minded. And the fact that you guys are right. all like on the same level like that, it's like, man, I, you can come in. Anthony can come up with another baseline and be like, man, I just had this baseline stuck in my head. Well, that, that was the other thing too. It's like it's, um, you know, we've we have talked in the past about me picking up guitar in this band. I I would prefer not to do that. A because Matt and Bo, which we haven't talked about Bo yet. We need to talk about Bo. We will talk about. True. Save the best for last, eh? But uh, it's it's like I would rather play bass in this band specifically because I'm learning to write music differently. Because I played guitar my whole life, and when I was a kid, you'd be like, "Oh, the bass just does the same thing," or right? it's just the low end. It's like, well, that's not true. And and now with some of my own solo stuff that I've been working on, I have to write bass parts for it. And I'm like, wow, I would have never thought to write the bass like this. But I've been in here to fall for years, and so I'm like, oh, I know how to play. I I feel like I'm becoming a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, it wasn't until last month where I'm like. I think I'm becoming a bass player. Because <laughs> to me, it was just like, I'm well, Anthony and I can play the bass. I'm not a bass player. Well, but... think, yeah, think about like this though. And it's true. Like uh, a band is like a house. Like the, you know, the foundation, everything is basically drums and yeah. bass. If you don't have You're those welcome. two things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. If you don't have those two things, that keeps all the rhythm in a band. I mean, the guitar, it's, it's amazing, but it's just the noise. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's well, we came up with that, that one part in state, that bump, bump. And then I just decided, what if I accented your kick? Yeah, it's just like, which I get ideas like that from Jen because Jen, you know, everything everything follows with the the drum, with the kick drum. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. But so when did you guys find Bo? Because I think I was out of the band at this point for the second time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When you you were, you were, you were still in it, but not in it at this. Like, I mean, you were, you were in it. But you were still bass player. I have with, commitment you, issues. You you were bass player with benefits at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like you were you were scared of a committed relationship. I just couldn't commit to just one band. You know? Yeah, I just, that too scares God. me. But anyways, I remember I remember seeing a post like you, Dustin. You posted on the Sonoma County Hardcore page on Facebook. Yeah, we were looking. We were just actively looking for a guitarist to play shows with. Uh, we had already recorded the album at this point. We were prepping to play shows to to support for for well, it. specifically um, our album release show. Specifically album release show. Um, and we actually were working on a couple of more, at least one more show outside of that one that we were trying to DIY it. We were talking to the Arlene Francis center and that all fell through. Um, because putting on a show yourself is a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Shout out to Bitter and Booking for letting us take over that show so much and, uh, Uh, (laughs) giving us that show for us to headline and yeah. But yeah, so basically I just, I posted in like Facebook groups and stuff and I said, Hey, I'm looking for a guitarist. We have an album written. We're playing shows. Come None of this is paid, by the way. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we had three people reach out to us. Uh, well, three people reached out to me. One person, I messaged back and said, hey, can you learn? Uh, so we had Matt Wright uh, do a guitar playthrough video for both lead and rhythm parts for yes. Ghosts. And we used that as a foundation. We said, hey, mm-hmm. Learn this song. Learn the, learn the rhythm parts. The lead is there too, so you can just so you can see what's going on. <clears throat> learn the rhythm. Show up to an audition, um, and if we like you, we'll continue playing with you. Cool. Um, I sent that to one person. He just never responded. Okay, cool. <laughs> sent it to another person. He said, "Cool, I'm interested. We'll work on a date." Great. Sent it to Bo, who was the third person that reached out to me. Yeah. Um, he responded back. Said, "Cool, I'll learn immediately." We go, we go and we look up this dude's Instagram page. Yeah, Dustin sent me his like, Instagram profile. And it's like literally Matt and John's personalities combined into one human being. Yeah. So <laughs> for those um. who don't know, Bo is also an average mountain biker like myself. And when Dustin sent me his Instagram and profile, gym, bro. I was just like, oh, this dude snowboards. Oh, that's cool. Oh, he mountain bikes? Okay, he's in. 
<laughs> like nothing, nothing just, was music related at this point. And, I, and then sucking I, and guitar, but it I was just care. like, all right, this guy does all this outdoor shit. All right, he's in my book. And then it was like maybe like I listened to a few guitar players playthroughs, and I was like, okay, he can fucking shred. All right, cool, down. Yeah. Uh, so so we had him come out, and he just he knew Ghost like the day of the audition. He knew it through and through. He was like, I learned this song. What else you got? And everything we showed him, he would just pick it up so incredibly fast, just like Matt did when Matt joined the band. Um, and so Bo, just personality-wise, music-wise, just clicked. It just, it we just meshed. so like, stoked to have him in the band. Yeah. that yeah. I remember that day because we had just, like, he only knew Ghost, but it was fine. Like, he, he sat there and watched Matt and I and Dustin dick around on the other songs so he can kind of just see what we were going for. And I just remember, like, everything just felt natural. Like, everything just naturally clicked. His personality, like... Obviously, his guitar playing was just like, holy shit. Like, he knew it. Yeah, he's good. He's good. 22. Yeah. Single, yep. ladies. He, he's, <laughs> the, he, he's the young man in the band. Yeah, uh, he, um, him and I have been hitting the gym a lot lately. But yeah, like, I remember that day, like, we were still kind of in communication with, like, some other guy who was interested. Yep. And I just remember, like, I just had this feeling. I was like... The guys were all just like, okay, Bo's in the band. Uh, Dustin, you need to message that yeah. guy back and tell him that we don't want him. I, and I we're not, we we're not even, even going to give him an audition. We didn't even take, we, we didn't okay. take, we didn't even take like time to discuss it as a band. I just remember sitting there behind my kit and I was like, yo, so Bo, like, this guy you, does you, a mountain bike. You, you mesh with well. like, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you seem to know your shit really well. And honestly, like, you're really easy to talk to. And, I think I can speak for everybody when I say like, I think if you, if you want to do this, you you're in, and that that was that was and that was that that was that like we solidified it that day. This has been, uh, I mean, I've only been in I guess you can say two renditions of Hero, but this is my favorite rendition. Oh, we have something going on for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the formula is definitely there. Now it's just a matter of adding all the ingredients. To and now that we're getting back to shit. starting to write music with all of the inputs of the people in the band, like I can't wait for what comes next. Like we've got so many different inspirations, but such a great group of guys to bring it all together at the same time yeah. with Bo and Anthony and Matt's ability to write guitar and John's ability to write drums behind it. It's going to be dope. But do you want to go back to the album? Because I think you were going to ask about the album art. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually gonna. Well, I was talking about the the album art with the, the Census Fail kind of. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that one. But that uh, um, no, I was just saying about the new album. I, I thought it was amazing. It's great with his uh, vocals on there as well, and it mixes well with your screaming. And yeah, because he had me on that first track, and then I, I was saying Bloodlines. I love that song. When I saw it live. I was like, fuck, because he was doing the backups too. He's also doing uh-huh. backup yep. screaming shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it rocked. Dude. It kicked. So um, thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say because you were talking about the future of the band what is the future for a hero to fall like what's next for you guys like well there are discussions that need to be had whether we want to sit down and try and bore through some new music and and focus on that or if we want to continue promoting the album that we've got on our hands right now maybe a music video for masked or other things of the sort uh sort but uh, we're figuring it out as we go it's we're honestly writing music we're playing music we're having fun as we go we're all friends yeah. so it's it's honestly it's a culmination of all of that stuff like we want to still play shows you still want to promote the album of course because it's still it's still rele- new it's yeah. still, still new it's still relevant yeah. and so like any show that we get like we're just stoked to be to be on to play especially like in other venues outside of sonoma county like we played cupertino 
what three three weeks ago or something like that uh, about a month ago a month almost. ago uh, three, three weeks yeah three weeks yeah and that was that was our first out of town show in forever and like it was a fucking good show despite some uh technical difficulties but it like that comes with the territory but like we made a couple fans out of it and like in the end that's kind of what it's about and like you know p- playing more shows while simultaneously writing new music and like yeah i think that's that's kind of the future like it's day by day honestly point is we're not going to stop like we hey, you did can't last stop time <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to go on hiatus again out of nowhere no yeah i've noticed we, we broke that uh habit we broke since, that curse since uh since the end of Here, here's a big question so if you guys could pick one band to open for like the band that you would want to open for I let's, think we're all gonna have. We're all answers. gonna have different yeah, yeah. answers. Let's, on go, that let's one. go around the table. So, Dustin, what, what would be the band like? You're like, dude, that that that. I want to like the name starts with an A. Dustin's answer might be the same as mine. <laughs> I, I I I I'm stuck because like vocally speaking, my inspirations come from like all of these crazy places. Like you've got Architects and Norma Jean and Census Fail and Under Oath and August Burns Red and all these different. Like throw me on any metalcore show and I'm and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. any of those bands you want to bring back someone from early 2000s i don't care let's just have a, a rad time and bring some people out but if i had to pick absolutely one it would probably be august burns red oh nice oh it's not the a band i was thinking of well he's gonna say it uh, yeah I, 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 i'm gonna say the a band that anthony's thinking of and that would be architects architects are good yeah, yeah they are so i get a lot of a, a lot of inspiration from their music and it's it's just so fucking good a band that we would fit for specifically, because I had a lot of favorite bands that I want to open for. Um, honestly, I gotta say, I think Spirit Box. Really, she's got that harsh vocal. Boner yeah. for that fucking band. Dustin, well, I have a boner for the band. Dustin has a boner for the singer. I, <laughs> I straight up told the band that I would marry her, oh, and man. I told that he to did. one of my friends, and he goes, "Bro, I think she's married to the guitarist." And I said, "I don't she care. Is. I'll marry him too." Polygamy, <laughs> baby. Why not? <laughs> be a polyamorous relationship you yeah. never know right yeah. i mean surprise here in the fall we're mormons um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's um oh, yeah. a long journey for you guys for sure yeah i mean we especially for john fucking a yeah we've been a band for 10 plus years and like oh my god it's this is the first time i can say confidently like we actually have like some ground under our feet to build off of and not just starting fresh you know with something yeah, like, coming out of COVID too, it's kind of tough because yeah. you know, like there's so many bands that and shows that got canceled and oh, yeah. that closed down. I'm still really bummed about Slims in San Francisco. Yeah, how that turned into like a, a dance club now R- or something. Because I've always wanted to play that. I, Dude, I saw yeah. Teddy Swims there like, uh, like a, maybe like a month or so before the pandemic, and then like you know a couple months later, I I saw an article on like a Google or something. It's like Slims is closing. I was like Slims is closing. Yeah. I've been hearing about this band since I like I was obsessed with Trivium in 2006. Yeah, that venue was legendary. And when news spread that it was just dead, it was like yeah. incredibly sad because I've I've seen so many Me fucking too. shows there, like Four Year Strong and like Come I saw Back Cannibal Kid. Corpse there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So many fucking good shows at that place, and the fact that it's no longer there is just so disheartening. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of the tough once. thing about being in a band because you know these venues close, and it's like where the fuck are we gonna play? You know, well, so it's not only that. Like the venues are, they play a huge role. Like it's not only that, but like there's so many like other factors that come with being in a band aside from just playing a show. A lot of money. <laughs> the money's well, the one thing. <laughs> money's the one thing, but like this, the whole like you have to have a persona. 
and like you have to be on Instagram and like if you're not on TikTok, like who the fuck are you? And it's just so fucking, you got to be modern. It's like it's yeah. so fucking crazy. Like back when I remember, like when I wanted to be in band, like when I wanted to pursue, you know, a band in high school, I was just like, all right, got to get a band, got to make good music, and then that's that. That was the mindset that I had, and it's so much fucking more than that. It's so fucking crazy, like that you have to do all this extra stuff just to get just to kind of you know even get traction honestly the reason is because the market's saturated well yeah There's i know so many thousands of bands out there and the, it, the ease of putting music on the internet is just it's so easy that don't you, start a band you have to <laughs> stop you, it <laughs> stop <laughs> starting <laughs> bands you please. just have to do social media marketing in order to get your name out there that's the, that's the only way to do it it's true it it's a lot of that and the, the other shitty part like that comes with it is is again it's 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 the money let me ask you guys a question though not to float your boat <laughs> <laughs> Any more than it is. Not to but float my scrot. The fact that he was on American Idol did that for you guys kind of go, wow, like we got this guy in this band who is just on television. Blah, 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 blah. Like, do you think, like, not like you would get more fans because of it, Honestly? but like, it would actually help you guys out in a bit? Like, seriously. The, the, the real honest answer to that is that we attempted to use it as a social marketing tool and it did nothing. Yeah, really? it went. Yeah. It lasted five minutes. Shows how popular <laughs> I am. <laughs> it, it, the real, honest to God answer is that we Shit. tried to use it to our advantage because that's just one more marketing tool that we have under our belt that yeah. we can use as leverage, and it just didn't do anything. It was. Just oh, you're like, talking about the the articles that we had. Well, yeah. not only the articles, but like any 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 fucking buzz we could create off of it, like on Instagram after it after the show aired, because you're like, yo, you you can't tell anybody, and you can't post about it. Because otherwise they'll they'll kick me off. <laughs> oh yeah, well it was during that that it was all the secretive legal, time. It, it was all the yeah. legal jargon yeah, stuff yeah. and the secretive stuff. So at that point we're like, well fuck, we want to exploit this. Yeah, but <laughs> but even after it aired, we we attempted to share things on like Instagram or TikTok yeah, and or like, whatever we, else. And we shared it on. Didn't, they didn't generate buzz. <laughs> yeah, well, well, honestly, honestly, featuring me, the Viking. <laughs> to speak for myself, like it's uh, I never my TikTok never blew up or anything. I posted a couple sea shanties that got a lot of views, but like my TikTok never blew up. But it was it was people who. I went to a Hunter Metz show um, for people who might have watched Idol. He was on the season I was on in San Francisco. And uh, there was, of course, a bunch of people there who recognized me. And, and some people were like, hey, I've been following you for a while. You're in a band, right? And I was like, yeah. They're <laughs> like, when's the next show? I was like, December 9th or whatever. And uh, unfortunately, this person did not attend. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But um, they they did, uh, you know, they were being like, hey, I just heard the new album. Loved, uh, you know, loved uh, Mast. And I think that the other thing, they loved Elysium a lot. Probably because mm-hmm. Elysium is no, good. I like another one of us sang on it, maybe. Right. That's why they liked it. But um, it, it was more for me, like, personally. I mean, I had people who were just, you know, Anthony Guzman fans who were at the Hero Show in December. Not, you know, a shit ton of people. Just a couple of people who knew yeah. me on Instagram who were local and were like, hey, I haven't following you for a while. You have a show? I was like, yeah. Like, oh, cool. I'll be there. And like, just, you know, randos. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, right on. I'm not famous. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I think, I think I'm not famous. You're, you're locally famous. Well, well now, actually, right. it's been like a year. Yeah. I, got a, a yeah. I was, was going to say yesterday was, uh, as of this recording, today's the February 22nd. Yesterday was my was one year since my episode aired. Happy wow. anniversary. That's crazy. Yeah, thank you. That's crazy. So, yeah, geez, man, that, that's that's an amazing story that you had the entire yeah, tour and, and everything. Now, you guys planning on doing a tour again at some point soon? We hope. We really hope. Like, it's just a matter of, like, of planning it. Don't go like, to Wyoming. No. <laughs> nope. Sorry, I'd Wyoming. Love do, I'd love to do a spring summer tour. Spring's around the corner, so probably not that. We could 
potentially look at something in the summer, but the dif- the difficult part is is scheduling. Like, I have like a full time gig outside the band, and that takes up like the majority of my life. As does Dustin, and you're married. Yeah, that and, and you I'm have married. a dog, so it's like you might as well have a kid. Yeah, but that's uh, it's a little more more lenient when you have a dog and not a kid. That's true. I don't have to pay for a fucking dog. Tuition. Is basically your kid. Yeah. yeah, but all I have to do is feed him at least and throw a ball. Yeah, <laughs> Here, eat this, catch that. All yeah. right, good, good. And I get See to you in a month. and the nice thing is I get to take him to work, so that makes my life fucking. Oh, do you? Easier. Oh, that's oh, cool. 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 So socializing, that's good. Exactly. So like it, it's like that's the one thing with with the band that a lot of people may not know is like it's we take it seriously or i i mean i take it seriously but i also have this thing that pays for my bills and pays for me to actually like be in the band and be able to do the things that i want to and so like you know a tour would be rad i i could definitely go for a tour and i i think i speak for everybody when i when i say that too it's just a matter of like getting the time off of for it as much as i hate to say it that's true I mean, that's the thing. Like, so getting the time off job. and having the money. Yeah, I mean, like, and the transportation and the money thing. Like, that's that's like between the five of us and splitting shit. Like, I'm not even worried about that. It's more of just like finding the time to be able to do it. And then, honestly, like, who the fuck do we talk to? Like, yeah, the scheduling aspect is probably the hardest part. The scheduling aspect and knowing okay. the right people of like the promoters in the air and the various areas or you know venues that we're going to be visiting. Like, well, you did it once. So we can do it again. They yeah, had, make they had help smaller, when they did it last maybe. time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we could probably rig <laughs> something together states, with like with some of the local bands. Like it'd be fun to do a tour with uh, the homies and Half Slug and you know, get Dead architects Front. on there. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call them up. Hey, I was on Idol. Uh, can we tour with you? I did really quickly though because I was cycling through your Instagram. I noticed that you guys play with Chapters. We did. Yeah, that man. That's a name I haven't heard on a long time. When the fuck time. is this? I don't know about this show. <laughs> Chapters? Yeah, I mean, I know the band, but when was that show? That show was. That would have been like 2014 or 15. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was like those guys are kind of big now. I would say so, right? Uh, well, chapters, yes, no. yes, right. I think you're thinking of a different chapters, oh, wait, different band. Wait, was Chapters a local band? Yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Then they became then they became Sharp Tongue. Okay, so there's another band oh. called Chapters that. No, okay. I don't think there is. I think I think that is the Chapters. Is, I, I thought there was a famous like gent band called Chapters. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I just saw, I saw it and I was like, you guys play the Chapters, man. Well, shit. How, yeah, the, I think there was a. I think the, I remember a local band like named Chapters as well, and then they basically reinvented and became Sharp Tongue. And okay. then, sadly, they and that was probably a different band then. You know, so there's a lot of these bands now. There's like Architects, Chapters, Pillars. Everything's one name now. I know. If, if it's one word, or yeah. be like Spirit Box, where they just made it into one yeah. word. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the band names is like, have fun creating that. I pulled, I pulled our band name out of thin fucking air. I, oh, dude, Nuclear Tempest. We fucking. I spent like a week trying to figure out a name for my old band. I was, I was sitting at a Panera, at the Panera, by Big Lots over uh, near the JC, with Lizzie having like lunch or something. And I remember I was, I was just like eating like a bread bowl or something. I was like, coming up with band names, and I just remember like. Here to fall. I was like, I like that. And I just texted it. I texted it to like Andrew and Michael, and they're like, Yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, let's do that. And that was that. Like, nice. there, no, deal. There was yeah. not, not like an inspirational like meaning behind it. I just here yeah. to fall out of thin air. Yeah. And then so, I joined the band. It took us like two months to figure out an album title because we <laughs> we kept sending Nate like 
sending names of uh, of potential album titles over to each other and just like, nah, that doesn't work. Nah, that that's not right. I I wanted it to be something that it, it uh, really exemplified the uh, lyrical content of the album. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to just pull a line or a name from a song because I feel like that's cheating. Meanwhile, that's what I was doing because I had no idea. Like, I'm like, I can't come up with any fucking song names or anything to save my fucking life. Oh, it is life. called the album uh, Anthony Guzman. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Call it the Viking with a voice. <laughs> oh, I kid, I kid. If you play the album backwards, you can subliminally hear Anthony singing you just, yeah, as a you Viking. You just hear me chanting. But uh, yeah, no. It's um, to wrap it up. We're at two and a half hours. Right no, now, this is actually so. one of our longest episodes. Yeah, yeah, but so. you know, it's there's a lot of fucking there's some history. history to this. There's, there's a yeah. lot of history. Yeah. Actually, really quickly before we we end it, you wanted to talk some nerd shit. You said, oh yeah, you what do we want to talk about? I play D and D on Monday nights. I like video games. You like Batman? I don't know anything about Batman. You fuck. All right. Oh, well, you know you know comic books. You know what a comic book is, right? <laughs> I think I may have gotten a paper cut from one once <laughs> well we will be excited to talk about batman yeah the batman, batman. it's coming it out in um about a couple weeks i think so yeah march march something march 2nd or th- i think it's fourth actually fourth. yeah i think it's march 4th so i gotta... stay away from uh clips and everything because there's tons yeah. of them now on youtube i saw two or three trailers and i'm like, all right i'm done no more like i, I don't honestly wanna... i think that's one of the most underrated things about like modern uh promotion for movies and tv shows is going in blind it's my favorite thing to do if yeah, i know yeah. if i'm 100 percent sold when the t- when the name comes out that i'm gonna play a game or watch a movie i'm going to avoid it like the plague yeah moon knight i don't want to know anything about it I that's watch right it blind. Moon yeah. Knight. Yeah. yeah that's that's just gonna be that's gonna be a streaming thing yeah <laughs> but but point is going in blind is like it's underrated people don't do it anymore i think it's so important to do if you if you know you're gonna watch something avoid it go in as blind as possible and just enjoy it for what it is see for yeah. the, th- the thing with me is like i i like with the new batman is like i've seen the trailer like i'm like you dustin but nope the thing don't is, tell is me. I'm, I'm not going to <laughs> i don't want to know because honestly i don't remember what happens in it because that's just how my mind is like i'll watch it be like <laughs> okay this seems cool and then i'll put that off to the side and then it's not like I'm going to go just manually look up the trailer again and watch it again. Well, I won't, I won't give you any plot content, Dustin, but in terms of the feel, um, it definitely has, you know, the difference between the Dark Knight and this is that the Dark Knight just feels like L.A. or New York with Batman in it versus mm-hmm. like this. It's like you get Gotham. It feels like Gotham. Dark and wet, neon lights and dirty. And, yeah. and what did you guys, side note, what did you guys think about that old uh, TV show that came out years ago, Gotham? Oh God! Don't even get me started. On you, that. Know, you know, <laughs> way to go. Like, <laughs> open up a wormhole. Here was my here was my thing because we never. I don't think we ever talked about that, Jason. Well, we did briefly did touch we? on Gotham when we talked about the trilo- the Dark Knight trilogy. But okay, yeah. Go what you want. One say, of the, one of the things about Gotham that I thought they were going for is there's like, hey, like Batman's cool, but like Commissioner Gordon is a character that we can really expand on. So we're gonna basically have a, a show about Commissioner Gordon. And of course, there's going to be Batman references in it because it's goth- called Gotham. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that it was basically a like it. Honestly, it just felt like a fan service Batman TV show without Batman. Oh, so it's just basically a slow jerk. Yeah, it's a slow jerk. They, there's all these stupid twists about the Joker character, which everyone was beating their meat on. Fucking oh my god, Joker Jerome is <laughs> called Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. And um, I watched season wow. one and hated it by the end of it. I loved wow. the first, I, like the first 10, it was a, it's a 20 something episode uh, season. The first like 10 episodes, I was totally sold on, but I'm like, oh, you're, you're trying to be Batman. 
You're not just trying to like be like a, a neo-noir type detective show set in Gotham. You're trying to be Batman. You're trying to essentially start a Batman TV show without calling it Batman and without having the character of Batman other than Bruce Wayne. But you have the villains. But... You do. But uh, I, I guess there's, a, uh, there's like, what, four seasons or something? I found... I don't know. I gave up on the first I found one, the so. last five minutes of the last episode of season... The last one. And Batman's in it. Batman, the they did Bat- it. Like, like the, the, like they did it. They did it with the ears and the, like, like, like fucking. He is in it, and uh, it was really cool because they got this one actress. I forgot her bloody name. She was in um, uh, uh, True Detective season one, but she, they, like, I guess it's like a, that's a ten year jump, and she's Selena Kyle, and they got okay. this other guy to play uh, Bruce Wayne, and like, yeah, like you get a you get a quick glimpse of the suit, and and then it ends, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> and I was just like, man, I that's cool like i just want a batman tv show but like it's it's just it turned into a giant like you know fan service circle jerk show and 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 i think jada pinkett smith was just was way just a bit too eccentric for me by the end yeah. of season one and when they and made, i just wasn't sold on and they it. made uh riddler and penguin like gay lovers that's where i got lost. yeah that's awkward. I, they did that too <laughs> and and i was like oh all right and, and. Well, whatever, thing- th- hey, whatever throats you scrote, I guess. But yeah. Well, good thing I never watched it. You're not missing anything. It's it had it had the vibes of a CW show. It honestly should have been should have been a CW show. But I guess gonna- there wasn't enough shirtless uh, scenes of Gordon to be a CW show. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like for me, like it's hard for me to get into like the DC stuff. Like with the exception of like the Dark Knight series, like really fucking good. Yeah. Like probably the best in my opinion. But like after that, like nah. So Dark Knight, when they when the Dark Knight movies came out, they were considered dark and gritty. You're saying this new one is that much this more. This new dark one and makes gritty? it. It's just more. It, it seems. It has dark. more of the it's, of the of the comic book feel. First of all, it's kind of like a, it has a neo noir feel right. to it. It's more like Year One, the comic book Year One. Um, whereas, like, it's a young. I mean, like, I don't, you haven't seen the trailer. Basically, like, without giving plot away, like Robert Pattinson, he still looks like he's like 22, 23, even though he's in his. 30s now and so it's well, like he's a vampire don't you know and that he, he is an actual vampire <laughs> he's an actual bat yeah and he's he's man bat but like he like he looks younger he's angrier in the trailer like he's more ruthless with the villains which is showing you kind of a younger uh more angsty batman he's he's even he's even more self-destructive and so i really really like that about it and i really like that yeah we're essentially we're gonna watch a hero's journey and we're gonna watch i yeah. i imagine by the end of the first movie he's gonna be more of was like more mature yeah. and, and and so and like i said just just the look of it it like you know if you look at old batman uh comics and and, and the animated series and even honestly i feel like tim burton kind of got the he got yeah, Gotham right. right i mean he we're gonna right. cover all this it was a little more episode, gothic for sure but yeah anyways yeah. <laughs> but that's that's for the next we are episode. a geek mosh pit so yeah. <laughs> we'll talk you guys, about if you guys shit. ever have an anime show let me know i'll be on it I don't watch oh, yeah. any anime. Well, I, See, I, I watch some anime, shit. but yeah. not a lot. But um, I yeah. just finished Demon Slayer season two, oh, and so I'm good. I'm waiting on the last couple of episodes so of Attack. And uh, yeah, same. Woo! See, every time I look up anime, so I, I find I find this. I keep seeing this one movie. Every time I look up anime, it's called uh, Is it Mugen Train. It? Yeah, it's called Hentai. Hentai. I hate you. On that note, I'm leaving. Oh my fuck! Have a great night, everybody. But once again, folks, this has been another riveting, exciting, fun-filled episode oh. of the Fuck Me podcast. <laughs> One more thing. Uh, where, where can listeners uh, find you guys? We're on all streaming services, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, iTunes, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Anything you can think of, we're probably on it. Yeah. Thanks, DistroKid. DistroKid. <laughs> 
So yeah, and people can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm, I don't even have. I'm not even on Twitter. Oh, do we have a Tumblr? Or wait, Tumblr's gone. You're, right? you're on Spotify now, aren't you? Uh, yes, that's, that's Spotify. The, the majority thanks thanks of this to the good Spotify. old DistroKid. I'm actually not using DistroKid. Oh, I'm never mind. I take that. Back. I have no I idea what the, that is. I took the RSS. I, I tried to do. It doesn't host podcasts. Uh, I'm, I'm, I took the RSS feed and I logged into my actual Spotify account on the computer mm. and linked the RSS feed from our SoundCloud. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that's how we're linked. We're basically, we have our SoundCloud, but it's, it's linked to our Spotify and obviously Spotify is more popular. And so I just, I just have the Spotify link. Yeah. But if, if you listen to SoundCloud, we're on there. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on this episode, you guys. With thanks for yeah. having us. Uh, thanks yeah. for having thanks both thanks of us. To, in. When's the next show, by the way? It would be the 30th of April is our next confirmed show. As we're at now. Three Disciples. Okay. Uh, it is a fundraiser event, so please, please, please come out to it. This if, is so we can get more equipment at Three Disciples. Yeah, if you enjoy the shows that Three Disciples have been putting on, not only the Metalcore shows, but any event that they put on, please come out to this show. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Nice. And we'll, ha- we'll have Anthony out there. He'll be shirtless, probably. <laughs> it's just a kilt. Well, well you've been shirtless at our last two Three Disciples show. Say, are, yeah, are you going to break John's that? The one who gets naked. I'll, I will probably be shirtless again. It gets very hot on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Those lights were brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was sweating bullets at that last one. But, um, yeah, normally we end this podcast uh, with an outro of an old Tempest song, but we're going to be using a Hero to Fall song. Uh, we'll decide afterwards. I don't know what we're going to use yet, but we're going to have a Hero to Fall song. We, we have the copyrights for that? We have the <laughs> band. We have the <laughs> band right the band. here. I give you, I give you permission. Like, wait, 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 wait. We don't yeah. give you permission to use our song. I, <laughs> Justin's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, we didn't discuss this. We didn't I guess we got to go talk. We didn't talk about money here. What we got to go talk to Lindsay again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, once again, I'm Anthony. I'm Jason. This has been another episode of Geek Mosh Pit Podcast. Find my band and my buddies, A Hero to Fall, on all the streaming platforms. And here is one of the songs off the new album, Ambivalence. Enjoy. Enjoy.